Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jarrett Levine Studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. It is getaway day here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I mean, it must be something. What's up? I mean, what the heck are you wearing? This is called a tank top. You go from V-neck. This is this is, this is called V-neck a tank top. Criticism? No, I'm still hating. To let's, this? Let's let's go to the polls quick too. The polls are <laughs> closing this? pretty soon, folks. So uh, if you have a vote, get it in real quick on my Twitter. That's a underscore trend underscore ninety two. Let's go to the. Oh, what do you know? Sixty percent says nay. Forty percent says yay. You probably got like thirteen uh, votes. Ah, uh, we got sixty something votes. Nice try though, Brent. <laughs> well, what's up, what, man? You just, you just get out of Gold's Gym? No, nah, man. It's just uh, it's warm outside. Is Gold's Gym still ever out? I think there's a, there's gotta be a gold's gym. There's gold's gym. Uh, no, man, just, uh, you know, this is kind of like our last day before we go on vacation a little bit. And, um, as our coaches used to always tell us during OTAs and mini camps, don't have one foot in the parking lot. Well, I have two feet in the parking lot and I have my eyes, I have my peepers on the USA soccer game. So I may not even be here today. He is giving you 20% today. Oh, yeah. I hate at those the, people. At, at the very most, twenty percent. I really again, hate bro. those people. Oh, I'll, I'll come ready. Don't worry. Just make sure. It's I never a, understand a good those, the people that like, kind of like my kids with school. It's like the you know the end of school has to come at some time, and you're going sure. to get like the bad like the the days where it's like I'm doing nothing at school, but you can't just not take the whole day off. You got to go. You got to fulfill the uh, requirement. So. There's people like that, right? It's like, oh, I can't wait to get to vacation. I can't wait to get to vacation. I'm just the opposite. You know, the week before vacation, mm-hmm. and especially in this case, since I'm going for two weeks, is the Must most stressful nice. week of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's rough. Be- well, it's, it's vacation's it, more the most stressful. No, before? this week for me because oh. when we come back, it's football season. Now, I kind of do it to myself. I get it, but I mean, this is the time we get to go away. So when you come back, it's on. And there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that's got TV, radio, you know, especially now with all the stuff we're doing radio-wise that you're trying to get done. Mm-hmm. So you're not doing it on vacation all the time, although I probably will do a little bit of work, uh, as as my wife knows. Although one of it will be a cruise. I'm not sure I'll be able to do too much work uh, from the cruise ship. Oh, unless I have pretty good Wi-Fi there. We'll see. Yeah. Huh? I've, yeah. I've already got the daily plan, but <laughs> I don't know if relax, it's going to be very man. good. See, that's it's what I do. Bro. you got to pick a spot. Because like, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, if people start emailing me at work, even though I'm on vacation i'll start like even if i don't like acknowledge it it'll be in my head and then i'll think about it so i gotta go somewhere where i don't really have like internet access i've always had this great respect for people who can just put it down yeah like i really do i I genuinely mean that (laughs) Thank you, Brent. I appreciate that, man. The guy guy that can that can open up his phone and have thirty nine thousand three hundred and fifty five emails unread. Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's like like at the end of vacation, like on the on the drive or the flight back, I'll be thinking of how many emails I have to delete, and that's the part that like gets me worked up. Um, so when you guys go on vacation, are you guys the type that likes to plan everything out? Like, do you have an itinerary? Do you have a schedule, or are you just more free flowing? Like, hey, let's do this today. I respect it because Brent, ride, whatever Brent's we got do. the whole itinerary yeah. posted out. Uh, well, I'm an itinerary guy yeah. day to day for the most part, although I didn't send you guys. Didn't send us one for the show today. Um, so who's really has this in the parking lot right now? Yeah, but my wife really is is more the planner okay. when it comes to vacation. Um, I, I probably would be a little bit more 
free will. And I, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm guilty as charged. We went to Yellowstone last year, Wyoming. I had it planned out and where we were going, and a lot of it because of the driving. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't mind being planned out for it. The, the thing I don't like doing is getting too jacked up because I know it changes. Sure. You know, so you're not going to stick to your itinerary on vacation. Of course you're not. You're going to go stop and see people. Like when we go to Rhode Island, we'll go stop and see someone, and we'll spend four more hours there than we're, we planned on staying, mm-hmm. and then that backs everything up. So yeah. you can't get too locked into your itinerary. Now, we're going on a cruise, man, so your itinerary is kind of done for you. Good point. You know? Good point. So that's one thing. But my wife is the person that goes to Disney, and she's been a hundred times. Okay. And she still goes, and she will take that damn map at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And she will start circling and crossing oh, off. Oh man. I mean, she and and she doesn't matter how many times she's been. I have to say, Steph, like we have passes for the year. We can come back and do these. Uh, nope. We got to get to as many freaking Oof. things as possible. She runs around Disney like she's six years See, old. We, yeah. When we, when we went style. recently. Nicole just looked on their app that like has like the wait times yes. for each, and we yeah. just was like, "All right, this one's the least we're going there." And like we just were all over the place. That's such not. a Disney freak that she still watches. The, she'd probably tell you right now what how long of a wait it is for Magic Kingdom. <laughs> okay, so no. Well, so do you guys do the express passes, or do you just go like the regular line? No, nah, we do with the express pass, the fast pass thing. Now yeah. you can go to like three of them, three rides at a time. Oh, that's it. it. And then the rest you gotta wait. There's like a a cap on on the. I never really pass, understood it. But the too. fast pass is Excuse definitely me? worth it. it no, the fast pass is no, worth I'm, it. I'm talking about cruise. You never understood the fast pass? I, it confuses me. It's like so it, it tells you a time to arrive and then you still wait in line. Like I don't understand. No, it's it's like you get to kind of like cut the line basically. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, say uh, when you're waiting three hours no, to go on the Harry it, Potter it, ride. Listen, time is money, man. Yeah. Time is money. Don't ever end eh, that, man. It, it is the <laughs> best. see. Whatever it is. I don't even know what it costs right it's now. It's worth it. But it's the, be- it's oh. the best $70 or $80 or stingy. $90 you can spend. And this is, uh, this is, this isn't Disneyland. This is, uh, or Disney World. This is, um, uh, Six Universal Flags, Studios. Oh, no, because okay, we went for Halloween Horror Nights. We always go for Halloween Horror Nights. Okay. That's my big thing. And, uh, yeah, I tried to be stingy. Didn't use the Fast Pass. Imagine waiting two and a half hours in a line to go through a six-minute haunted house. Yeah. yeah. Never again. Never again. No, so, I, I don't play that. Fast me. I mean, Pass you got to get the Fast Pass. It, yeah. It's like it it makes you cringe paying another oh, whatever you're paying. It's like, yeah. are you serious? But it's not worth the other side of it. By the end of the night, you're like, I wish I spent the 80 bucks. Correct. Or whatever it was. Correct. So uh, so anyway, uh, vacations are coming. By the way, we'll give you a little programming update, what's happened the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then, man, we are getting close right around the corner. And I'm not hurrying it here, but right around the corner, uh, football season exists. Jawan Taylor, by the way, we'll have a conversation with him. Marcel Robinson caught up with him uh, yesterday at the Special Olympics event. And we didn't get to that yesterday. So we will share the uh, rookie offensive lineman out of Florida. Uh, some baseball topics today. The Rays are trying, man. They're trying to give away tickets. I know. Uh, it's it, We'll see if it works next week, but they're trying again. Forget about the $5 tickets. Now it's like $2 <laughs> tickets and $2 concessions. How about, how about the fans just get paid to go to the games? Because that's, that's what we're talking about right yeah. now. It, it's gotten that bad. Yeah, it's it, ridiculous. It, it might get to that point. Yeah. Um, netting all around the fields. Uh, in Major League Baseball, uh, looks like we're headed that way and, and requirement uh, to make it happen. Is that a good thing? Is it overdue? And what I get thinking about a little bit is, did they talk about this in like 1970? And why didn't they? Like, mm-hmm. did people get hit back then? And why now? We've been playing baseball it, for a long time. 
And I, I'd wonder the numbers and the amount of people that have been hit this year, but could it have something to do with the these new balls you're talking about? Well, I think it's, listen, bigger, stronger, faster has yeah. to do with most of it. I think maybe the baseballs, but I think more so the bigger, stronger, faster part. And I think distractions. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is the phone that I'm holding up. So true. That that's just a way of life. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I have no problem with if people are w- looking on their phones, watching on Twitter a little bit, taking pictures. But the bottom line is their eyes are not up and uh, and and watching all the game all the time. So I think that factors in. But I still, I, you wonder why this hadn't taken place before. Is my point. And sure. uh, it, it should. I, I like the idea of it. Um, it's going to happen. It's really not that that costly. It's more of a preference thing, and it's more of an old school kind of. I don't want that net in my way to see baseball. It it feels like there's a separation between the field and the fan, and I get that to a degree. But the bottom line is, I don't want to be hit or my kid to be hit with a line drive going 110 miles an hour. So uh, I think it's the the right thing to do. Uh, Team USA playing Megan, France. Megan Rapinoe just scored. So early lead. No one said the game had to be close. Underdogs, my you know what? They already scored one nothing USA. Wow, really? I mean, oh, that's yeah. what's like that's what we call a statement. Say what? Were they actually underdogs? Yes, yeah, they are. Uh, plus one thirty. <laughs> sounds like somebody wanted to lay some money down. <laughs> sounds like someone wanted to put a couple hundred dollars down on the website, but the website wouldn't let them do it because we're in Florida, and someone tried to go on maybe some black market websites, and then someone let me do it. Just oh, saying, man. it may sound like that. Not to answer what happened. But, uh, yeah, I had a couple hundred bucks burned a hole in my pocket that I couldn't spend, unfortunately. Now I'm kicking myself. <laughs> It'll be the greatest day when you can just pick up your app on your phone. I know. Or you can and lose all my family's heck, money. I can't we wait. We might have a kiosk right here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Curling, whatever, cricket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put a hundred bucks down. Yeah. But, I'm sure my uh, family's going to appreciate that. How many minutes are they in, seriously? Uh, they're, they're nine minutes in and right Nine now. minutes in and yes. uh, a score already making Rapino. Yeah. Um, We'll uh, we'll keep you posted on the United States soccer uh, team going against France. Obviously, it's a huge one uh, to keep uh, to stay in it and, and stay alive in the, the quest to win the World Cup. So, hey, we got a lot going on. Uh, we'll talk some football as well. NBA. We have a couple of topics. This free agency this week, but it got me thinking on a, f- a couple of different levels. Uh, Kuz and I were just talking about it. Loyalty in sports because of free agency and. Think about this one. We'll get to it a bit later on, but which sport, and I'm going to exclude hockey if you don't mind because of my ignorance more than anything, but you can throw it in there if you want. Basketball, baseball, football has the best young stars, the best accumulation of young stars. And a little bit of that is because of the baseball all-star game starting lineups were announced. And if you look at the young stars in the sport of baseball, that's where it got me thinking. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, all the young stars and free agency in the NBA. But what about football? Wait a minute. Stars are a couple. Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes, just to name a few. Think about that. We'll have that much, much more. Plus, Paul Puzlozny on the show on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 today. Just to update you, I killed the wasp. Oh, you killed them? Yeah, I was trying to eat your Altoids before you got in today. Oh, Mr. Yeah, don't kill them, we just leave them alone, and now you killed them. Yeah, I got tired of them. Okay. I didn't want to sit on them. I think somebody got a little scared. It's all right, though, man. I didn't want, like, the We Are the Millers moment <laughs> to happen. <laughs> Like accidentally. Yeah, I mean that was a snake bite, but yeah, I guess same principles. That was a spider bite. Spider. Oh, was a spider bite. Was it? Was yeah. it a spider? Yeah, tarantula. I think. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Forgive me. That movie is hilarious. Oh, classic, man. 
Jason Sudeikis is, is genius, as far as I'm concerned. I really like that movie. Yeah. But that was a cringeworthy scene. Yes, to say the least. <laughs> Without question. All right, here's the deal. Let's get into it right away. Just raised it. Yep. So Major League Baseball All-Star lineups announced yesterday, and it's littered with uh, young talent all over the place. And see, that's the thing about Major League Baseball. We talk about branding and star power and marketability and transcend the sport. And we have that conversation in the past like, yeah, you know, Mike Trout, he's unbelievable, but does he make waves all over the place? He's kind of a quiet guy. Bryce Harper can give you a little bit of that, but heck, he's hitting 230. Uh, there are some guys that do it, but not enough of them. Not like football, not like basketball, really. So, But the forgotten part about it is, I've argued many a times, I think baseball has this collection of young stars right now that might be generational. I mean, it's unbelievable how good some of the young players are in the game. So when you say young stars, like how young are we talking here? Like the first yeah. three years? I mean, because, you know, I, that, that's a pretty general It statement. is pretty general. Yeah. I, I would say I would say maybe a handful of years at most. Yeah, I mean, two, three, four guys that are rising, okay. you know, guys that have star power. Uh, let's, let's bring up a football guy. Who would I be thinking of? Patrick like, Mahomes, like, like Mahomes, Saquon obviously, Barkley. but he's second year. Saquon Barkley, Wentz? second year. Wentz is okay. Yeah, Wentz okay, and he's like what fourth year? I think yeah. that's fair. Okay, uh, but I probably would rule out like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's he's younger than a lot of the old veteran quarterbacks, but he's not a rise. He's not a young guy anymore. Okay, right? Isn't he like thirty years old? Seems he's like he's been it, in the yes. league eight years well, or something yeah. like that. That's kind of the crazy part. Now that you think of it, you say okay, so say it's five years. There's some guys in the NBA that could be twenty three at five years in the league. It is true. Yeah. So that's the other side of it, so too. I understand. It's, it's it's probably a difficult characterization because I probably – you feel like you should put Mike Trout in there, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure I do put Mike Trout in there. He's been around like eight years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trout's a stud and a star, but he's now been – he's a veteran of yeah. Major League Baseball, so I don't really include him. Uh, so anyway, the question is baseball, uh, football, basketball on the pro level, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, who has the best collection of stars – Right now, we're about to hit free agency in the NBA, and uh, we know the NFL is, is is a giant, and I'm leaving the NHL out. If you want to have a comment about the NHL and let us know about the stars, I'm just going to plead ignorance yeah. uh, because <laughs> I really don't know who the young stars are. The, though, though it was fascinating, the top pick in the NHL draft is American, yep. um, and that doesn't matter in this conversation. It doesn't matter if they're American, European, Canadian, whatever, yeah. but uh but anyway, that's the topic. Uh, star Star 690 is the number. Uh, 904-362-9901. You can always chime in on all the uh, platforms on social media. Right now, South Beach Gary's back two days in a row. What's happening, man? You got a comment on this? Yes, the song of the day, first of all, has got to be The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. Oh, that's a beauty. Great one. Uh, it's be, that, yeah, did you do that for Austin? Huh? Did you do that for Austin since you wanted to lay down a wager? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just... I just had it in mind before that. Uh, I got to go with the NFL simply because the odds, you got 11 men on offense, 11 men on defense, and the influx of the draft every year, you know, the chances of, you know, the the, the first round Major League Baseball players, you know, they're all going to go to the minors. It's going to be two or three years usually, even before the the, uh, the the best of them make it to the major leagues. they got to spend some time in the minor leagues and, uh, Basketball is simply the sheer quantity of only 12 or 13 players on the team. But a couple things, guys, I want to uh, – else switching gears on football. 
Is Clemson in trouble anything for the PED usage guys? Because I've heard rumors that three or four guys were caught with PEDs. Is the NCAA investigating them? And then Yannick, Austin, do you think Yannick would come in, say they're compromised, and say, look, I'll play for $17.5 million with the, with the Jags sign him tomorrow if he's agent told him that. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. No problem. Uh, go ahead first, Brent. With, uh, no, you go Yannick and Gakwe. go Yannick and Gakwe first. Listen, I think unless he doesn't make $100 million, he's not signing. And if you want to equate that to, I mean, you can average it out to how many years they sign him to. But um, it's getting more than $17 million, I think, if he's going to make the $100 million. Just because, listen, it's not rocket science here. The... The, the market has been set, and that's just the way it is. You know, when Frank Clark gets over $100 million, uh, when Lawrence from the Cowboys gets over $100 million, and then you have the same stats, if not better stats, than those two guys, um, unless Ngakwe wants to take a giant hometown discount, which I don't see him doing, which I don't see a lot of NFL players doing, especially a guy that's going to sign his first big contract, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I doubt he would, too. I mean, can you? is there some level of hometown discount? And I mean, where where does enough money become enough money? I mean, that's the agent's job is to continue to drive it up. The agent's job is to keep the market in place, if not going up. Uh, the agent's job and the player's job is not to take a hometown discount. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, I, I, are they getting stuck at ninety nine million versus ninety seven million, or seventeen point eight million versus seventeen point five million? I mean, if it's me, I'll be like, all right, let's do this. You know? yeah. And I could see Yannick, but like, let's do this. At the end of the day, the player has the option. Like, the player no, has the say. It's his final call. So, yes. I, I mean, I, from, from Gary's standpoint there, but keep in mind, there are some people that think $20, $21 million might be the annual mm-hmm. of, of Yannick Ngakwe yeah. it, when he gets signed. He's not taking 17 and a half. It's not going to be that. So, yeah. if, if it's somewhere between 19 and 21, it could be 19.2 instead of 20.8. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm. That might be the discount. It's not going to come a few million dollars less than what the well, market says. Well, I mean, says. let's let's think of any job here, Brent. Let's say, for instance, let's say, um, let's just talk about your TV career. So let's say that. Let's. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> let's get Brent paid. No, but so so let's say in like, um, and let's let's just go for the national as opposed to just the locals. I, I don't want to stomp anybody's toes or anything like that. So say you're you're national um sports guy, okay? Yeah. And let's say that you have the best ratings. Um, so, so let's say like, you know, like the, the higher markets, like the top tiers, you have better ratings than those guys. So let's say you fit like in a tier two and there's two other guys in that tier two that are right with you. They have good ratings as well, but you pull better numbers and those guys have just got a new contract, but they get paid more, um, than you have so far. Well, it's your time to get a new contract. Are you going to ask for more money or you take a hometown discount? And then maybe you have a different philosophy, but what, what would you say? I mean, would you point to the ratings and be like, here? Here's what I'm bringing to the table. Here's what these guys are making. I want to be compensated as such. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you certainly yeah. start there, right? Yeah. Um, and now do does there some something else come into play? The one thing you do when you do that, even in, say, the ratings game or the sack game, mm-hmm. and there's already this built-in nature of it anyway, but you apply extra pressure to yourself if you want to say, this is what I've done, that's mm-hmm. the benchmark, which means you can basically hold me accountable if I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the risk reward, you know, instead of looking at it in totality, yeah. you know, like Yannick Ngakwe could say, hey, uh, you know, I've got 29 sacks in, in three years. I'm going to get 29 more sacks in three years or 11 more forced fumbles in three years. Or he could say, I'm going to also even if I get eight, 
forced fumbles and 25 sacks. I'm going to bring this, 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 and this to the table as well. My run game is getting better. My my leadership, my this, you know what I mean? His quarterback hits, too. You know, if you look at those numbers, I mean, don't get it twisted. Yes, sacks are the most important thing. But we're talking quarterbacks, quarterback hits that directly affect the quarterback of, you know, throwing an interception, causing a fumble. I mean, quarterback hits are are big as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything, anywhere around the quarterback. So uh, it's tough to equate ratings to sacks. No, and I hear my you. salary to what Yannick's well, going to be. And, and, you know, Brent, and then that, that's the biggest problem. I get paid problem. in tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, that's the biggest problem, isn't it? That the the casual NFL fan or the casual Jaguars fan is going to see, you know, a difference between maybe three or four million dollars, and they're going to think, well, he's already making, you know, over fifteen million dollars. What's the big deal? And fans may not understand that, but you have to remember. I mean, this can be applied to to any job, and yes. The, the job of NFL players making probably a lot more money than um, an, an everyday person. But at the same time, it's like I said before on the show, it's not about necessarily how much money you make. It's what the money represents. And that money representing is that we want you this bad. We want you just as bad as the Chiefs wanted Frank Clark. We want you just as bad as the Cowboys want Demarcus Lawrence. I actually think the best analogy to sports salaries, because we can't e- equate to that. I mean, again, you're, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars versus millions of dollars yes. for most people. But I do think most people have bought a house before, not most, but a lot of people have bought a house or sold a house before. Mm-hmm. And depending on the market you buy in and sell in, there's a comfort level where you are like, okay, it could land in here and I feel like this is a good spot. I'd like to get this, but if we get this, mm-hmm. that's okay. But it really sucks when you get lower than that. Yes. Right? There's oh, this, yeah. there's this kind of, you, you get a little pissiness to you mm-hmm. when it's like, dang, I thought I was getting this. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and, and or, or I thought I was going to buy it like this. Yeah. yeah you and can't it's not really control it. It's just the market. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you've done that before, um, you, you know the highs and lows of buying a house that depend on how many you've bought or sold. And that happens. You know, it's like, God, there's sometimes, I mean, you might pay, you know, whatever, even even more than you thought you might have originally paid, but still feel like you stole it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just more of a feeling because by then you're not talking about numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you buy a house, what's the difference between two thousand dollars? I mean, you're probably talking about 40 cents in your payment. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Over 30 or whatever it might be. So it, it's kind of like that with these player salaries. Uh, South Beach Gary brought up the Clemson story. I, I don't know if there's any further investigation. I think what he's referring to is that uh, basically Dabble Swinney and Clemson have said they're not revealing what the findings, uh, their own investigation into what the three players who got who got popped for PED around national championship time, what the findings were. Yeah. And, and making those public. Uh, so Well, and I, and I know there was rumors saying that their tainted supplements was what my understanding was, which can go through a bunch of litigation because I think that's big in the UFC right now, too, is the tainted supplements thing. So. Yeah, so I, I don't see – they're citing the privacy law at Clemson. So I, mm-hmm. I, and if he's asking, is there a bigger issue there, I kind of look at this kind of case. When you get three guys that get popped, where they all kind of like – talking to each other yeah you know where they it's kind of rare to see that in college football yeah. right now i mean you know you had will greer at florida but that was a one-off thing mm-hmm. you know you really see three guys in the same team get popped well, to me it's like the academic it's like the fraud thing that happened at florida a couple years back it's like they were all in on it and somehow got caught into that web and maybe these guys at clemson did too i, I bottom line for me south beach gary i don't think it's a I don't think all of a sudden the NCAA is all over Clemson saying, 
how many people are using steroids and no, illegal but, drugs over there. But, but at the same time, the, the issue that I had problem was was like, you know, I think Dabo came out and said, I don't know if they're taking the supplements independently or if it was part of the strength and conditioning program. What I assumed was they're taking them independently and they were tainted supplements. So what tainted supplements means basically is that they may be a cheaper supplement where, you know, you think of these big factories where they make, make creatine, branching amino acids. Well, they all come from the same factory. And sometimes um, one ingredient accidentally gets added to another ingredient. So, like, you know, there's a little leftover i guess and that's how the supplements become tainted and it was my understanding that's what happened at clemson now um if that's the case well so be it but it still makes you look pretty bad as a strength and condi- conditioning program where if your players aren't taking the pro- you know the necessary steps uh in order to take the proper supplements because there are you know like the, the nsf certified supplements out there and it's your job as a strength coach it's your job as a head coach of a football team to try to endorse those supplements because those supplements have been tested they are good to go so regardless of what the excuse is if the players just took them independently if there was miscommunication it still makes you look bad regardless so yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, and and by the way, if it happens again <laughs> to Clemson, then you might be onto something, you yeah. know. But mm-hmm. I, I just don't think it's there yet, in my opinion. Uh, I haven't seen that. All right, uh, how about the question I asked? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the best group of young talent in pro sports? Baseball, football, basketball. Right now, the vote says football. I've got a vote going too. It's not V-necks or muscle shirts. <laughs> you tank you tops. lost that one. Okay. Tank Is that a muscle women. shirt or tank top? Dude, it's a tank top. What like, more do you want from like, me? Like, what's the difference? Is there a difference? Muscle uh, shirt, tank yeah, top? Yeah, well, I feel like a muscle shirt, you can, like, cut down a little bit so, you like, the the, the, the sleeves are bigger. Ah, uh, yeah, you know? yeah, This is, uh, this is fitted to my chest, so I, we're all good. I don't like the tank top. I haven't worn a tank top since I was, like, three. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but I, I do like the, the Rocky hoodie. Oh, yeah, the Rocky I want to get good. an ESPN 690 one of those. Let's get it. All right, who's got the best group of young talent? And how many tattoos does Austin Lane really have? You can see it on the video <laughs> platforms now. All right, the vote is 51% for football, 28% baseball, 21% basketball. It's still early. A couple more hours to go in the voting on uh, social media. Uh, check it out on at Brent A.S. Jacks. Uh, so we have 76 votes in so far. But uh, let's continue the conversation. Off the top of your head, I mean, we're not going to sit here and go run through every single player. But which sport do you think would have the best group of young talent? Well, baseball, football, basketball. Before we get into it, because these are the major sports, i got to give props to extreme sports as well, though. Like snowboarding and skateboarding, Brent, there's like 12, 13-year-olds that are winning X Games yeah, in the but Olympics. You, but but you, almost, you almost don't have old people in those sports. Uh... Like, it is rare to have somebody, like, over 30 years old. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I I got you. Like, skateboarding, they're still, yeah, skateboarding, they're still, like, the old school um, type, too, that that competes in, like, street competitions. But I get what you're saying, yeah. But um, I had to give props to the young kids that are snowboarding and skateboarding because it's insane. Me, overall, I would almost, like, when you said that, like, when you said the question, I was leaning towards the NBA just because... You can be a rookie, you can be a first-year guy or second-year guy and win the MVP. Now, don't get me wrong, Patrick Mahomes did that with the Kansas City Chiefs. So that kind of goes against my argument a little bit. I would prob- probably pump the brakes on baseball for sure. Um, if we're talking like the first three years, yes, there are stars, but are they MVPs right away? I think with baseball, you can have an, an, uh, some older people that can still win the MVP along with like football. Now, in basketball... I mean, when's the last time LeBron James won the MVP? A couple years ago? 
three or four years ago because Steph Curry kind of took over. So for me, from the, I guess the quote unquote young man's game, I'm going basketball, NBA. Because look at Giannis. You know, Giannis just won the MVP. That's a good call. I mean, but it's. I mean, you can argue for either one, in my opinion. But I think baseball is the outlier here. You know, it's interesting to me as I as I dive into this a little bit more. Is it just feels like the baseball guys are younger to me? Yeah. Like Trout, he's he's eight years. He doesn't feel old. He feels still like a young star. Bryce Harper's twenty four, man. I know. But he's been around for a long time. To your point about basketball, yeah. you can get that too. George Springer feels like a young guy. That Astros team feels young for all the, oh, the core yeah. players, but yeah. it's really not anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they're not that young by these standards. You know, I mean, like I said, it's hard to put a. Is it five years? Is it seven years? Whatever it might be. Well, they also seem so young though too, Brent, because they all kind of came up from the farm system together. They you do. You know, like they, 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 they that, that the Astros team built from the farm system. So like when they first come up, it's like, oh, who are these newer guys coming from the, you know, like the AAA leagues? But yes, they have been playing baseball for a while. Think about Mookie Betts feels like a young guy, right? Uh, eh, he's not really super young. Yeah. I mean, he's not like young, young. But then you got the Cody Bellingers. You have the Ronald Acunas of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got those kind of players. Like Acuna and Belli- Bellinger's MVP potential. Yep. Yelich, see, Yelich to me doesn't feel young anymore. Me neither. Uh, I mean, he's been around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Acuna, though, is one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting players in the game. But you bring up a good point because now you're top heavy with Giannis. But what other star? I mean, now you think in Zion Williamson, Luca, Trey Young, both those guys. I mean, they're going to be stars, and they're already you know moving the yeah, needle at least. That's good. That's true. And they're they're going on year two now. What do you what would he classify Anthony Davis? He's still pretty young. <laughs> He's a pretty young guy, right? But He's then on top of that, seasons, you have though, Zion. Exactly. Zion hasn't like even played yet. Window. Zion hasn't even played yet, but, I mean, people are acting like he's a star. Yeah. Ben Simmons. See, I think that Joel Ben Simmons Embiid. could. Yeah, all so those guys. Anthony so Davis is going on. Yeah. Season. Anthony Davis will be going on his sixth NBA season. See, to, to me, that's not young. Yeah, it's not young. With no, all the respect no, to Mr. Count. Davis. Yeah. Um, football to me has actually the. I know we mentioned Mahomes and Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. but in my mind, because the league from a uh, face of the league standpoint is Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Older, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's uh, you know it's all uh, Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. It's all these young quarterbacks. Now Mahomes sneaks in there, uh, and Barkley sneaks Carson in Wentz, there. Probably Carson Wentz. There. I still believe is a young player. I would put him as I'll young. Give that to you. Uh, I mean, th- is there a young receiver in the game? Like, Odell Beckham Jr. is not a young player anymore, is he? No. I, I wouldn't consider him young. Is he a young stud at receiver? I wouldn't consider Antonio Brown. Uh, probably Juju Smith-Schuster would, would be the young guy. Good. That's a good call. But he's also on, a, what, I think his fourth season? How old is Hopkins? But, but he's, he's young. Uh, Hopkins is Older? Okay. Yeah, Hopkins wouldn't fit the bill. Uh, defensively, like here in Jacksonville, you got a bunch of them. You got Jalen, and you got Miles Jack. See, they're still young. I mean, they're on their first contracts. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the best way that's to characterize the it. His first contract. First contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Yannick Ngakwe is another great example. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Pre- I guess you have a balance in all leagues, but it's you, it's a tough thing to answer. You do, but then you like like you said, Brent. You have people like Tom Brady winning MVPs. You got people like Drew Brees who are like the you know the, the crafty vets. You know that are still um getting all the awards and. While with the NBA, Michael Thomas from Saints, that's a great example, Kuz. Good call. But uh, but then you think about like the NBA. I mean, yes, LeBron James 
is still an MVP candidate every single year. Um, I don't know if you consider Steph Curry a young guy or an older guy now, but I just I would feel say he's older, older guy. guy now. Okay, yeah. but I, I just feel like the next generation now, and with you know with James Harden too as well, he's kind of a veteran. But I just think with the the talent coming out in the NBA every single year, you have to go. What if you really took a deep dive with like running backs though? Because it's usually a younger. Well, that's a vibe. young man's position. Yeah. That's what I Elvin mean. And so maybe that would, you know, even Fournette. I mean, you kind of. Kamara, Fournette, uh, Gurley. Yeah. Although Gurley uh, feels a little bit older now, yeah. right? I mean, he's gotten on year five. That's kind of old uh, if he's around. Did you say 50 Elliot? Uh, as, no, I didn't. Elliot's a good call. Zeke Elliott's a good call. So, you know, your running backs are where it's at. That's where you get you know, the young. Or you, or quarterbacks. I mean, you think young, you think quarterbacks and running backs. Now, the quarterbacks could be busts. And not have worked out, but Mahomes is helping that out. Wentz is helping that out. Heck, Jared Goff just went to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he's got to be helping that out to some degree, although I don't think there's anybody. What a great – he's like an anomaly, isn't he? Anybody that goes to a Super Bowl, you automatically put them in this category like, wow, that guy's a stud. He's going to be a star. Jared Goff does not get that outlook. No. He does not, right? Does it, is that just well, me? Or that's is, because, no, because everyone considers Jared Goff a quote-unquote system quarterback. Like he It's a chess system. Yeah, but – well, okay, call him that, but guess what? It's a really great system in Sean McVay. I mean, if anybody came to play, Blake Bortles would be a system quarterback if you ever play. You know, like it's just, I, I hate the, the term system quarterback because it's almost implying like he's a robot and he's just uh, going by what the head coach tells him to do. That's not the case at all. Jared Goff's making the calls. He's making the audibles with that run past option. So I think uh, I think Jared Goff's a great quarterback, but he just doesn't get any love because of Todd Gurley and rest pieces that they have in that team. Well, he certainly played well enough. Uh, I I do have my doubts about Jared Goff in terms of how good he is in the, in the grand spectrum of QBs. By the mm-hmm. way, the young guy we kept left left out is Baker Mayfield. You know, yeah. the, you know, now that again, we continue to talk about this and you actually see both sides of the spectrum, right? A lot of star power that are veterans, basketball, football, and I think baseball's like that too. See, I would say veteran wise, like a Freddie Freeman guy feels like a veteran. Yelich is starting to feel like a veteran. Uh, you, you still have star pop. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, still one of the top pitchers in Verlander, top but, pitcher in the game. Those yeah. are veteran guys, but then you mix it with this youth. Maybe the best, <laughs> maybe the best way to kind of figure this out is who has the best selection of players that are in their prime. Yeah. You know, which See, is that middle ground, which is really like a second contract kind of here, deal. Here's the thing, though, Brent. Think about it like this way. How many uh, – pick your sport where a rookie comes in and you basically build your entire team around that rookie. Um, even with, with the Chiefs, they didn't do that with Patrick Mahomes. They knew they had some special Patrick Mahomes. They didn't do that. He sat the bench. Uh, with Saquon Barkley, I don't think they really did that with Saquon Barkley. I think um, the jury was like, well, yeah, he's going to be a good running back, but – I don't think anybody expected him to be that good. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey. There's another young guy we haven't mentioned, yeah, Christian McCaffrey. True. But you look at, like, Zion. You look at these guys that come out of the NBA draft every single year, especially those top picks. I mean, teams will literally trade away their some of their star vets just to build around that, that young talent. And yeah. when you're talking about that, I feel like you have to go with the NBA. Well, the NBA is so unique in this sense. You really only need seven or eight players. Now, that's true, As too. a whole. That's true. And, and I'm not even talking about studs. I'm just talking about key contributors. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the NFL is not like that. You need 25 guys. Uh, Major League Baseball isn't like that. You need about 22 guys mm-hmm. from a pitching staff to everybody else to be uh, to be pretty darn good. You know, but in football it has happened too. Andrew Luck I would put in that category. I think Cam Newton was in that category mm-hmm. where they drafted a guy and built around that guy. Baker Mayfield is being is now there. Baker, the addition of Baker Mayfield and what he showed last year forced 
not force, but help Dorsey and the folks in Cleveland say, let's go get Odell Beckham Jr. Let's go take chances on these guys. Let's go get it because we think we got a guy and the window has already started. Make no mistake about it, though, Brent. There's a reason why NBA players, most of them come out as freshmen because they had that opportunity. They play one year in college and it's the NBA. College football, it's a little different. you got to play a couple years in college football and then go to the NFL draft. So you're going to come in a little more mature, a little more older. With the game of basketball, I think you can get away with getting, being a little younger as well. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the fascinating thing, and maybe this really just circles back to the, the, the game has changed because of branding so much that you're aware of young guys, where young mm-hmm. guys used to have to sit out and wait their due and wait and, until the veteran would hand the torch off. But all three of these leagues we're talking about, and hockey's probably included in this, are really healthy with young players. And what looks to be a pretty good balance between the veterans and the young players. Team USA, what's the update? One nil uh, with about a minute left in the half. All right, one to nothing uh, over France for now. Uh, we'll give you some more updates along the way. We'll talk a little Daytona. Big race next week coming up next. One to nothing, Team USA over France. Nil, Brent. It's called nil one actually nil. in soccer. It's and right, it's a though. match. It's all right though. You'll learn. I just don't. I mean, do we have? Uh... Careful now, Brent. Do we have the fever? I mean, you see me here, man. Tank top. I almost wore a, a red, white, and blue tank top, but it was dirty. So I couldn't rock that one. Uh, yes, Brent, I had the fever. I don't know about you, man. Yeah, I'm talking about the masses, man. Uh, you know what? Surprisingly, not as much as I, I felt in the past. Yeah. Um, which is weird to me because I remember, I think back in 2010 was the World Cup for the men. And that seemed like, I mean, everyone was talking about that. That was crazy. And this is talking about... Uh, like, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but it's a men's U.S. team that wasn't expected to really even, you know, make the final stages or anything like that. No, but so, it was like the whole thing ramped up Yeah, for that. Uh, the it, bars it, it around did. here were great. Uh, I mean, it was it was cool. Yeah, It was the whole Vuvuzuela Oh, yeah. thing. Is that how you say that? <laughs> uh, you're close enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pronounce it. Um but yeah, it was that, that that felt like soccer was about to take a leap in the states. It did that that time that yeah. summer. I think it was more like might have been 2012. Um, I, I don't yeah, know what it was, but it's I think a, it was 2010 because I remember being a, I was a rookie and I was in an extended stay and uh, me and my oh, roommate. So it was 2010. Me, me and my yeah. roommate Larry Hart were watching it. Okay, yeah. Larry, Larry. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, and I guess the I, I think there's plenty of fever for it. I'll check the ratings today and see how it does. It's on Fox 30 this mm-hmm. afternoon. But I just don't get the sense it's like that. The bars aren't filled and, and people aren't like, well, now I do think as you get to the semis and the championship and if that happens for the United States, I think uh, it could turn into that. And, of course, next week's 4th of well, July and Independence but, Week. And, but with all due respect, this is the biggest game of the whole. This is the biggest game. Yeah, I because, I, I mean, whoever wins this one's more the likely casual to win the I, I guess. You know what yeah, I mean? Casual yeah. fans know when they're playing for a cup. I got When they're you. one win away, they're two win away, yeah. two wins away. They don't, they don't know right. France like you know France. You're right. No, I will say there's a few people here at work that were actually upset. They were trying to get everything done early enough to make it out to the beach bars to be watching this. And really? Yeah, right before I came in, I was like, oh, you didn't make it out there. And they're like, no, I have to work. And hey, I listen, like, I might be – I'm just asking. I don't know what the pulse is. I, I don't feel it as much as I have in the past. I think there's a couple things at work, too. A couple of things are at work. USA is just so good. USA has been good. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. they lulled us to sleep on the women's side? And the fact that the men made us turn it off last year, they didn't even make it. 
Yeah. In their World Cup. But this at the same time, though, to counteract that point, uh, the last Olympics, the USA got beat by Sweden, if I'm not mistaken, and they were bounced out of the gold medal game because of that. So I think, and you're seeing this with with the women now playing for the World Cup. I mean, there is a little bit of a redemption um, since they had a you know a pretty bad Olympics because the expectations were was, was to win the gold medal, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Halftime uh, yet? Uh, I, I believe so. Yes. Almost halftime. Yeah, uh, half-time. One nil. Half-time. Uh, halftime. Uh, United States in the lead over France. We'll continue to update you. Hey, next week Independence Day tradition at Daytona. For the last time at Daytona, there will be a summer race during the Fourth of July week. Action Sports Jacks Stuart Weber. Caught up this week with the president of International Speedway Corporation, Daytona International Speedway, one of their tracks, Chip Weil. Here's a conversation. And now joined by Chip Weil, the track president down at Daytona, as we are a week away from Daytona in the summertime. I know you guys are excited, and all the race fans here in Northeast Florida can't wait. I can't believe we're already talking about the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Looking forward to having race fans from all over the country uh, converge in Daytona Beach on Saturday night, July 6th, for the, for the 61st running of the Coke Zero Sugar 400. It's such an incredible race. It's very different than the 500. Obviously, it's under the lights. It's 100 miles shorter. But just the intensity seems to pick up early in that event. And you never know who's going to win. Last year, we had our first-time winner with Eric Jones. The year before, Ricky Stenhouse, guy you probably wouldn't have picked to win. So it's a very unpredictable race. Always a, a, a great day out at the Speedway. I'm pretty sure, by the way, Eric Jones won last year because he hosted the media rides yeah. a couple weeks before. So, David Reagan, Kurt Busch, both have made appearances at Daytona leading up to the race. It's a thing. Put your money on those guys That's as right. we get ready for the race. It's been a few weeks now since the future schedule came out and kind of revealed that this is the, the last time, at least for the foreseeable future, that the race is going to be on Independence Day weekend. Yeah. What has the reaction been to that? I know everybody's excited because now it's the last race before the playoffs, which, you know, makes a lot of sense because you're going to get a lot of volatility and a lot of excitement at Daytona. Uh, what has been kind of the overall reaction that you guys have gotten from fans? I mean, both fans and competitors understand the move. They're excited about the move. I, I think, you know, it's certainly something where we all recognize how important the 4th of July weekend is and, and, and to our sport and, and being in Daytona. But we also got to continue to push forward. And you look at what NASCAR is doing with the point system, with the new car. we got to continue to evolve and change. And so I think starting the regular season in Daytona and finishing the regular season in Daytona makes a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, and we're looking forward to hosting uh, race fans next uh, next August, almost in July, August. Uh, and it, it'll certainly be a great way to cap off the regular season of the, of the NASCAR season. As for the actual racing on the track, we hear so much about how different it is from that February race. And it brings that excitement level, you know, you, you're you're pumped up to see who is going to be at the front. And as you mentioned earlier, just about anybody can, which might be a little nice change of pace. We've had kind of the same guys just battling for those wins so far this year with Truex and Kyle Busch and Joey Logano just week after week after week being these really strong drivers. Daytona's a little bit different, though, and we'll see that at the the race. Well, you looked at Michael McDowell coming with two to go to to uh, to finish the Daytona 500. He he had a chance to win, and Michael McDowell, as you all know, isn't isn't a guy that typically runs up front on a regular basis. You know, there's just so much unpredictability in this race. And I remember when I worked on the race team side of the business, when you walked up to the race car to get your driver after the event, he wasn't sweating, but he was emotionally and physically drained. Um, you know, you think about all the all the 
things they have to process in such a short period of time to try to get to victory lane. It's it's remarkable, and uh, you know, I, I, you you can pick one uh, of forty drivers and you have an equal chance to win, and that's what makes Daytona uh, so exciting. The plate racing fans love it. You know, they're five and six wide, five and six, or four and five uh, deep in it, and you just don't know what's going to happen. So certainly looking for fireworks on and off the racetrack next Saturday night. If you haven't gotten your tickets, they start at forty nine dollars. So really a reasonable way for people to come out and enjoy a great night of racing. Uh, DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com or by calling 1-800-PIT-SHOP. Make sure you don't miss the race next Saturday. Hard to beat those prices and hard to beat the fact that it's under the light. So it won't be as hot as it has been here around Jacksonville the past few days. Chip Wild, thank you so much for stopping in. Thanks for letting me on be on. Thanks, Stuart Weber. Catch it up with Chip Wild, the uh, Daytona International Speedway president. Big week next week, of course, Fourth uh, of July week, and Daytona International Speedway, uh, big time tradition. And as those guys were just talking about, it will be moving to the end of August, uh, starting in 2000. And 20, but still a fun time, part of uh, your Independence Day week, at least in these parts. And, hey, once again, you can get us on ESPN 690 AM all the way down to Daytona. In fact, all the way down to the Melbourne, Florida area. We're going to take a time out here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We come back, a little balling and falling. Update on Team USA as they are a half away from advancing. But a lot of work left to do. NBA free agency this weekend. How about a little loyalty conversation? And it actually does come back to Jacksonville. If you think about all these different contracts that are up right now or coming up in the next couple months, how much of a factor is loyalty in sports anymore, or does it not matter one bit at all? We'll talk all about it next on ESPN 690. One nothing, Team USA over France. That's the big story here on a Friday. Everybody with eyes... uh, Near the Eiffel Tower to see if the United States can win a, a big soccer match on the women's side in the uh, Women's World Cup. So we'll continue to keep you posted. Halftime, uh, or they're getting ready to go for the second half probably pretty shortly. Uh, so we will update you on the happenings they, uh, in soccer. They just showed a video because they have it like going right now in Times Square so everybody can watch. But I just feel like if you're driving, that's just going to distract you. Like That's going to make traffic even worse. I remember actually, I don't know which one it was. It might have been the women. I think it might have been the, maybe it was, I don't know. It was a few years ago. We were in New York City, and we snuck into, not snuck into, but we popped into uh, a bar. You're right the first time. You snuck in. It's cool. (laughs) We did pop into a bar. Now, it wasn't nuts, so I thought it would be a little crazier than it was. And it was cool to at least be in New York City. And kind of the same thing. They were making a big deal about on the video screens and um, so I love that. I, I like the fact that we can do that. I, you know, I feel like the Olympics are less of that than they've ever been. It, it just, I don't know, it's because we dominate a lot of sports or it feels like we do. We win a lot of medals. The Olympics are so long and stretched out, and it's like hours and hours and events and events. Uh, this is a little different, right? You've got two matches a week, essentially, and you can really rally around it. And it's also not like men and women. It's just like the Women's World Cup right now. Yeah. I know the Gold Cup's going on on the men's side, but that's like totally secondary, yep. at least here in the United States. Uh, the feel of it, in fact, men's soccer is secondary here in the United States. Seems like and, it. and it continues to be one of the fascinating things, probably something we don't talk about enough. But, I mean, it's like it's like UConn women's basketball. UConn women's basketball is the biggest thing on that campus. Yeah. I'll give that to you. I, I think it's bigger than... Now, listen, they've won national titles, and so there have been stretches where the men's... But I, I know people that live near, in and around Stores, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and it is 
women's basketball. Like, they love women's basketball. And, well, and that's why they get all the recruits, because, I mean, you, you're going to play in that kind of environment, don't you? Yeah. And yeah. Pat, now, Pat Summit, when she was at Tennessee and obviously built Tennessee to this, this dynasty for so long, I think it was a big deal. And then someone who went to Tennessee could probably tell me better, but I never got the feel that it was the biggest thing on campus. It was an important thing. It was a big thing. It was you cool. Had, you had college but you have football, SEC football. Yeah. I mean, you had Peyton Manning <laughs> as quarterback. You won a national title with T. Morton. You know, so... It, it wasn't the biggest thing. UConn football is not bigger than women's basketball in Storrs, Connecticut. So it's very unusual. Uh, like it or not, it's very unusual. And this is the case in, in the United States with soccer. That Again, we do have it in the Olympics. But the Olympics is also, like, even soccer is on the radar more than just the World Cup times, I think. You do get big friendlies or you get these other matches that are happening. You know, if we talk about the other popular women's sports, gymnastics, figure skating, say in the Olympics, that are bigger than the men's sports, Mm -hmm. it's still every four years they're bigger. You know, it's one time every four years. Nobody knows what's happening in figure skating or gymnastics on the world's, you know, stage Mm -hmm. the other three years. True. <laughs> you no, know? you're absolutely so nobody right. has a clue. Yeah. But in soccer, they kind of do. It's like these these ladies, these players have, are stars. Like mm-hmm. even without the World Cup going on, it's not just like they're stars for two weeks. They're stars. Yeah. In in the United States, so it's a fascinating dynamic because it is bottom line, it's just unusual. This doesn't happen very often. Without a doubt. Uh, so maybe the United States will be balling in the second half and bring home a win. One to nothing uh, over France right now. How about some balling and falling right uh, now? How about a little social experiment today? Uh, Brent, I'm going to go with my homie, the underdog from the underground, Nate Lashley. Do you know who Nate Lashley is? Yeah, he's a golfer. Nailed it. Okay. I think you're going to know who he is, and I, I have this big rant, le- but he's never mind. Uh, he's in third right now, but uh, he's ranked 353rd in the world, world right now. Uh, he failed to qualify for the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, but he opted to stay in Detroit in hopes that he could be an alternate. And guess what? He became an alternate, and he shot nine under yesterday uh, for a 63. And uh, after day one, he's the leader. Right now, he's in third. So, uh, balling, man. Like I said, the underdog from the underground, Nate Lashley. And props to you for knowing who he was. Because if you would have said you didn't know who he was, I had this big rant about how nobody cares about golf. But, hey, Brent, <laughs> Brent, Brent saved the whole segment, yeah. man. I, I'm proud of you, Brent. You're welcome, I'm golf. proud of you, man. Oh, By the Brent, way, I had it all written down. I was going to go on a tirade. This is a good time to remind you that uh, make sure you sign up for the Action Sports Shacks Dream 18 Golf yeah. Tournament. September 16th, you can go to Action Sports SportsShackStream18.com. Uh, very reasonable pricing. Uh, the golf club at Southampton will be our host, and we're going to have a lot of fun. In fact, I'm ordering some of the tea gifts like this afternoon and, and this evening, and uh, we're getting ready to rock and roll for our 10th anniversary of the Action Sports Shacks Dream 18. So speaking of golf, uh, it's alive and well. Oh, yes. Lashley's invited Thriving. if he wants to. <laughs> uh, be, and you can be a part of it. All right, my bowling, simply Javi Baez. And listen, I... We go a little over the top on localizing guys sometimes, and actually the golf world is probably a great example because we have so many guys that live in town now, that even if they're not from here. And Javi Baez is not from Jacksonville. He played high school baseball at Arlington Country Day. But if I'm being honest, he never really felt like he was from Jacksonville. Yet there's a little bit of an extension there. There's a local tie, and, and I'm a sucker for a local tie. Uh, <laughs> it's a no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. It is my a job. So there's always and, – and by the way, I believe, and some will say – 
Ronald Acuna. But I think Javi Baez is the most electrifying player in the game. Now, yeah. Mike Trout's the best player in the game. Yeah. But when you talk electric, when you talk about a guy you want to watch, you want to watch a guy field the ground ball, grab a tag, as well. yeah, mm-hmm. run around the bases, swing and miss. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Javi Baez makes swinging and missing cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he really does. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's going to the all-star game as a shortstop. Uh, he's a guy that's produced big time as a second baseman and now as a shortstop. And... Uh, He's awesome. I mean, yeah. Baez, we knew it around here at the time, and there were whispers about how good this guy was and could be, and he's living up to it. Uh, you know, it, again, it's a long journey when you get drafted, like out of high school, you're 18, 19 years old, to make it to the bigs. But this journey has ended up right where so many people pegged Javi Baez to be. Uh, Baez will be a starter in the All-Star game in Cleveland in a couple of weeks and uh, well-earned. He's one of the most exciting players in the game. He is. He's uh, he's, he's also a Cub, so I, I can't co-sign on yeah. it. But, I mean, you have to give credit where credit is due. So props to you, man. Congratulations. <laughs> Fall on Brent. What, what is this right here? What, what what am I drawing right here? Circle. You better believe it, Brent, because this show is coming full circle. Bees have invaded the pitch at the Cricket World Cup in England, causing South Africa and Sri Lanka to hit the ground and literally lay on the ground oh, for 30 minutes. They had to lay um, and try to take up as less space as possible while a swarm of bees invaded the pitch and uh, tried to sting them. So there you go, full circle. That's what I do here at ESPN 690. All right. talk. My fallen is, uh, I'm going to stick with baseball. It's that time of year. Uh, New York Mets. It's unbelievable. Did you see Oof. the stat? I did. I, I almost, this was almost my, uh, my fallen today, but I didn't want to get into all that analytics and everything, but I, it's bad. I mean, they have, they have blown multiple run leads five games in a row. And they did it in a sweep against the Phillies. Like it was the first time the Phillies had accomplished such a feat of coming back like that and and rallying and sweeping a team since like 1929 or something crazy. I mean the numbers on this are ridiculous, but the Mets are a disaster in their bullpen. They seem to be a disaster overall. They had the whole Callaway and reporter incident uh, yeah. a couple of days ago. They had to apologize for that. There's a lot going on with the New York Mets. It it uh, never seems to end, uh, despite. Pete Alonso having an unbelievable year. So uh, I say Fallen is the New York Metropolitans. Let me ask you this real quick. It just seems like a couple of years ago the Mets went to the World Series, right? Uh, a couple of years ago? Or was it they're in the play? Yeah, weren't they in the World Series a couple of years ago? The Mets? Was it a couple of years ago they were in? I could have sworn yes, they, were. they were. You're right. Yeah, yeah, You're okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't Baseball seem talk. like a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's probably like four now. Okay. Five. Okay, but my point is, is there any other sport where you can go from, and now this is going to be a Jaguars thing too, but is there any other sport where you can go from being on top for for a season to just literally fall off the face of the earth the next season? Well, like, I mean, that, yeah, football's yeah. probably the one. Well, but I'm thinking like I'm thinking the Marlins, Brent, the Florida Marlins, when they went to the World Series yeah. next year. But it's like they almost tried on purpose to do it, though. You know, Marlins yeah. are a little different in that conversation because they kind of gut everybody. Okay. Uh, or gut their roster. Yeah. And try to almost purge it. But, yeah, I, you, you know, what's interesting about the Mets is that they looked like they were on pace for a run for the next three years. Exactly. Four years, five years. They had all this young talent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the arms. Yeah. And, well, what's happened to them? Well, most of the time they've gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, th- they've had a string of really bad luck, too, with some of the injuries they've had. But uh, the, you're right. It, it felt like they were on the escalator up because of the, this young talent they had uh, on the mound, and bam, 
gone. So, But, yes, it can happen in sports. All I have to do is take it to Jacksonville the last two years. But, really, the NFL as a whole, you can do that in the NFL in a hurry, it seems like, right? You can go yeah. worst to first and first to worst, or at least close to, in the NFL like no other sport, probably. And the last time the Mets were in the World Series, 2015, where they it's took on 15. the Kansas City Royals. And, obviously, they lost. So, what they is lost. that now? Four years. I guess we're four getting four years. years. Yeah. Time goes by fast. Doesn't it? Amazing. Especially on this show. Oh, you're not lying. It's time man. for another break. Well, it's time for me to be in the parking lot pretty soon. Here, yeah, but well, you've got a little I'll more time around. for that. Hope you're staying for Paul Puzz. Well, I haven't talked to Puzz, right? Yeah, so it's up to him. Uh, that's Captain America. Uh, let me get to that uh, topic I mentioned loyalty mm. in sports. Puzz seems like a loyal guy. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give it to you. How much, how much loyalty is in sports because of free agency now? Where do we see it? Uh, far, few and far between examples of it. Does I it matter to anybody? I thought we were going to argue about this one. We might. I'd, I'd put a bet on it. As long as you don't sing again. Oh, you'd be surprised, man. We'll be back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. If you want to jump in, Star Star 690 is the number. Loyalty in sports, where do you think it sits? Almost had a goal. Yeah, France almost had one. We don't like that. Not one bit. My buddy Scott Morlock up in Albany, New York, says hockey has the best youth stars. Come on. Austin really? Matthews. Do you really feel that way? Where, where, where's he from? He's up in Albany. He's a big hockey guy. Is he a big Buffalo? He's, you know, is, he is. Is, He's is a he Red a, Wings fan. Is he really? Big Red Wings fan. Funny, because I have a team next year that's I might put some money down on to, win the, or to go to the Stanley Cup, and they're the third... To leave, they're like the third underdog right now. Can I ask you a pro, uh, ask you a question? Yeah. Do you have a problem? No. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I don't, man. I'm talking a lot about these. Uh, should we get you some? No, help? honestly, I'm not going to put any money down. But we have a lot of significant programs here. Just you wait till football work. starts up again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. You heard it here first. The, the New York Rangers. I, I like them for the Stanley Cup next oh, year. Wow. I just, and, and they're, they're the third least favorite to uh, to win the Stanley Cup. I just uh, asked you the question that was my first ever question asked. It was very similar, at least, of Matt Jones when I got to Jacksonville. <laughs> what did you ask him? Do you have a drug problem? That was your had, first question? Ever. Hey, yeah. it's kind of aggressive, isn't How's it? That a aggressive. I, I didn't go too well. <laughs> what was the response? Or you don't, you don't want to share it? No, nah, it wasn't actually vocal, but visually it was the oh, death yeah, stairs man. of death stairs. Wait, wait a minute. He had just got popped for something again. Yeah, but that's the... <laughs> That's the last thing someone wants to hear when they're when they're down, you know, is you have a drug. I mean, I get it. You're doing your job as a journalist. I'm just saying. I wasn't being, like, what the hell, man? You have a drug problem. I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm just saying, <laughs> being a being a professional athlete, Brent. Uh, yeah, yeah, you probably should have. Well, listen, I knew that wasn't going to go too well. Uh, it probably would have been better if I had been here a few years or yeah. days or months yeah. before, or had met Matt Jones prior well, to that. Well, it's a good thing Twitter wasn't around yet because I'm sure you would have got a lot of love on Twitter. I probably would have went viral and. Who knows? It could have went either way, I guess. It could yeah. be popular or unpopular. But I do want to let you know, you know, this 25th season celebration, and uh, I have nothing against Matt Jones. I just seriously asked the question, and I understand why that probably wasn't a, a, a good question on his part. Um, but I, I highly doubt he even remembers uh, the moment, although I remember it very well. We're right outside uh, Jags headquarters. We tried to get a lot of different guys on this 25th season celebration. Uh, we've been in, in touch with some and then couldn't get them set up and schedule. You know, we're doing around 530 uh, most days here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. So it, it's not the easiest thing to track them down. But I did want to uh, we tried to get Matt Jones 
Um, I tried to at least uh, reach out to him. There's some other guys like James Stewart. Couldn't track him down. Uh, we did the Gene Smith and Justin Blackman look. It, it, that was a short look. So there were guys like that, uh, and I'm going to continue to try to track some of them down during this 25th season to celebration and, and kind of catch up because I think it's been fun to hear from so many. And listen, sometimes the story is not always great, but I think people like to know what these folks are doing now and uh, that was part of the reason for the segment we've had a lot of fun with it overall uh yesterday montel owens and today uh paul puzzlesny will check in so and a lot of the folks that i put on my list i will say i put a question out about a month and a half ago on social media and asked who you wanted to hear from and so we tried to get a lot of the guys that people wanted to hear from and i think Puzlesny was probably number one or two on the list okay. of responses. And so uh, it's cool. Puzz will come on uh, today, and we'll talk a little football, a little Jaguars football uh, later on in the program. All right, loyalty in sports. NBA free agency about to hit, what, 200 players in the NBA are free agents, uh, roughly? 40%. That's what Keith told us. 40% uh, of the, the league. league. Yeah. That is astonishing. Uh, it just sounds like a big number. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a busy Busy couple of days uh, in NBA free agency. But does it exist anymore? There were days of Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken, Larry Bird. Uh, you name it. I mean, you can name Magic Johnson. You can, you know, all, all these guys. It just doesn't feel, one, as important, and maybe two, and most importantly, and this might be one instead of two, realistic anymore yeah i mean i think you're you're absolutely right um i think in terms of just the high dollar contracts now like listen like back in those days um i feel like yeah there were high contracts as well but for the most part with the salary caps and everything well back then with baseball i mean was it really even a salary cap i mean there's still there isn't yeah, really. there, there, there is a tax there's a tax yeah but i think that how can I phrase this? I, I think that you had a little more room. Um, so say if you're the Jaguars, you're trying to keep Ngakwe, you're trying to keep Miles Jack, and you're trying to keep Ramsey. I think you had a little more room to, to work with that as opposed to now where you may not be able to keep those three guys just because the way that the, the salary cap has gone up, it's ten, it's pretty much $10 million every single year. But, and we've talked about it before on the show, while it goes up $10 million on average a year for the salary cap, the contracts are getting more like, you know, $20 million more or $18 million more a year. So, um, it, the salary cap doesn't fit the new contract. So with that being said, um, you know, you have to talk about, uh, loyalty and I think it's, it's loyalty is hurting because of that right there. Yeah. And listen, there, there are things now. <laughs> like everything else, it seems to every day I, I say something and it seems to go back to branding. And so there are things now that impact players. Yes, it's money. Yes, it's salary cap. But yes, it's also marketability and branding. I mean, LeBron James is a great example. of it. We all believe LeBron James went to L.A. because of Hollywood, mm-hmm. because uh, Space Jam 2. You know, I mean, that's. I still think it made no sense. I think it was a wrong decision. But I think there were other things in play other than 
playing basketball for the best place to play basketball and the best place to be. And I think he suffered the consequences of that last year to a degree. And he also went to Miami to win a championship. I mean, this is a guy who grew up in Cleveland. One would have thought, like, I mean, listen, all the stars were aligned. He was the biggest thing ever to come out of high school. Um, he played for the team, that, that the city that he grew up in, and then he decided to leave. Uh, to go play Miami and chase some championships. I mean, if anybody um, could talk about loyalty, it should have been LeBron James. Now, yes, LeBron James did come back, and he got the city of Cleveland a championship. But that wasn't guaranteed, though, either. You know, I mean, who's to say if he didn't have a lot more success in Miami, maybe he would have stayed there with Bosh and Wade. Who knows? But I'm just saying, with loyalty, man, I mean, look no farther than LeBron James. I, I think that's a well, great, he's a great, great study in it, because I think that's why he went back to Cleveland. I think he felt bad about leaving yeah. Cleveland. I think loyalty pulled at him to go back to Cleveland. We have two sides of it, right? So you have the side where LeBron left, and then you have the side of what we're dealing with right now with Kemba Walker. Kemba wanted to stay, and Michael Jordan and the Hornets offered him less than the max. So now he's like, well, if you're not going to offer me what I'm worth, I'm going to walk. And he's probably one of the last ones that you could say has been like a lifer for a team. I mean, you even had Tony Parker, who probably should have retired last year so that you could say he was just always on the Spurs. Well, now, you know, he did it. He did a year with the Hornets and he's always going to have that now where Kemba has still got a few years left, a few good years left because he's going to get this max. But now it's probably not going to be with the Hornets. And and, you know, so that's not really on the player. You have like two different sides of it. Quick little update. The women scored again. Megan Rapinoe yep. with her fifth goal in four games now. For the USA, so they're up to nothing. Is she going to the White House right after this match? <laughs> <laughs> she will not be going to the White House, as, as she said. I, I um, was killing me because I saw this about 30 seconds before, and I, uh, I was I like, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin. Yeah, I, I guess we're on a delay here, Koo. Sorry. So two Sorry. nothing, two nothing, two right. nil. That's the USA. That's a big lead. Women's soccer team, big lead. I love big it. lead for Team USA. We'll keep you posted on that. Uh, you know, again, we so we get the uh, the reasons for it. It's money. Um, Could analytics be a part of it as well? Well, I think from an aging out standpoint, yeah. You know, so, so personally for me, I, there were a couple of different cases of this. I think Larry Bird was a big player in free agency in the NBA. I think the, there was a Larry Bird rule, and I honestly I don't even know the ins and outs of it, but it was about him getting more money, and he kind of set the – he might not have been like the first person to do it, but it was a Larry Bird in the early 80s or mid-80s, whatever happened with the Larry Bird rule mm -hmm. to kind of – that sparked a lot of the free agency stuff. Uh, baseball has done it for like four decades now. So that kind of fits in the late 70s and, and early 80s. It was right around that time. They let uh, you're allowed to exceed your salary cap to re-sign their own players as free agents. That was so Larry Bird rule? Yeah, so yeah. you'd essentially offer more. And, I, and you do have that because that was what we were talking about with Durant and them. Like, the home team can always offer more than away teams, essentially. There you go. So it, that triggered into the free agency talk. Yeah. I remember that being the case. And, you know, salary caps certainly weigh into it. But it, when does it tug at the, the strings of, hey, I want to be a in this organization forever? We talked to Tampa Bay, uh, Jenna Lane, uh, this week, and Gerald McCoy. Mm. That whole situation with her information showed us that really it wasn't about money at the end of the day. It didn't seem like it was more about disconnect. But, I mean, there was very little money difference between him and Ndamukong Sue, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. I mean, it's not not a lot of money difference. Where was the loyalty? And and so that's the first question that always comes back. I'm not saying loyalty on the player all the time. Loyalty in the organization certainly exists. Now, dollars, 
age, common sense. That certainly plays into it. Sometimes you got to let a player go. I mean, you just got to let a guy go because he can't afford him. I mean, some, this organization might have to next year let Calais Campbell go. I mean, and it's not because yeah. they don't want to keep him, but they just can't afford him at that at his age potentially to to keep him. Speaking of loyalty and, and something that you know was in the headlines for a while with the Jacksonville Jaguars was. Mercedes Lewis. He, he he was a guy who you know came in with uh, with Mojo back in the day. Um, you know was you could say loyal. He was a Pro Bowler for a season. Um, had some pretty good years in Jacksonville. And and I get it. I mean he he might have been kind of towards the the back nine of his career, if you will, when he was on his way out. But still, I mean I think you could have got him for a pretty cheap deal, uh, if you will. Ends up going to Green Bay then after it. But uh, there's a guy you talk about loyalty. I mean that's a guy that did everything the right way, had zero problems or anything, was a great leader in that locker room. Probably could have used them, you know, when things went bad. But, um, yeah, so there's an example of loyalty as well. I still love the player, right? Kobe Bryant fits in the player of the Lakers his whole career. Uh, you, you love the player that stays with the organization the whole way. I, I do. And that I get it. That's an old school thing. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from we have these conversations sometimes. See, my I do have a little bit of an issue with LeBron James. I would have been fine with a two team LeBron James. I don't like the three team LeBron James. I really don't. I would not have liked if Peyton Manning had gone to a third team to wrap up his career. There's just something that doesn't feel right. I didn't I wouldn't have liked that. But Peyton Manning, man, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, still went to another team. That shows you. What happens? Uh, for me personally, it was Roger Clemens, Wade Boggs, Johnny Damon. Those guys ended up in freaking New York. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if that didn't say loyalty was dead when a Red Sox player goes to New York, I mean, that was it for me. It's like, okay, well, this doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. This doesn't it. It's, it's not happening. As much as you love to see the Jeters who stay with the, the organization the whole way, um, are we even? In, do we even have a guy that will stay with an organization the whole way in sports right now? Someone toward the end? Well, Tom Brady's going to stay in New England. Oh, Kemba, oh yeah, Brady's the greatest. Uh, Kemba's probably the well, one Phillip in NBA. Rivers. We have plenty of them actually. Plenty of them. Yeah. This free agency Is will decide. Kemba the Kemba. only NBA guy. I mean, there's not another NBA guy that's been with the team the same the whole time. Not that's older or like their star. At least nothing's ringing a bell. I got nothing. No, you're right. I mean, you, you Wade, think, but even he's left. No, Wade Dirk, left. So Dirk, but he's retired Dirk. now. Uh, that's Dirk that's yeah. part of the latest one. Yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, uh, we'll read some of your comments about loyalty in sports, uh, and also who has the youngest collection of uh, stars coming up. Plus, I've got a question for you. It's got to do with bars and sports. Oh, are we digging deep on a Friday? <laughs> we might, but it's going to be fun. Next on ESPN six ninety. Two to nothing still, Team USA. That's the score. We've got some uh, interaction on the social media front. Roethlisberger staying with the Steelers, says Submarine Mike. You're right. Uh, I think uh, South Beach Gary just called in a couple of answers as well, and that was uh, Steph Curry and maybe Clay Thompson. Is that what he said, Clay Thompson? Westbrook. Oh, Westbrook. Well, Clay Thompson, Yeah, Russell too, yeah. Westbrook. Uh Greg says sports are business, a job. People leave good jobs for better jobs, so there is no loyalty. Meta World Crazy, free agency, fantasy sports, and social media has changed it. Crash, Kurt, Flood helped change sports. Yes, Flood helped free agency. Agents helped destroy it. There's no more loyalty in sports, only in money and self. It does. It is harder and harder to get the team concept, it feels like, with all the dollars and the branding and mm-hmm. the things we talk about. And it's not on a player necessarily, it's just more the culture. 
Uh, it's it's more and harder than ever before, I think, in the sport of football because we always talk about it. Fifty three players is a a tough tough deal uh, to get all on the same page. Uh, back to a couple of other responses about uh, baseball, football, basketball, which has the youngest stars. Someone did say golf. That was not an answer. Why why do why do people like taking my multiple choice questions and then adding things to them? <laughs> like I could have listed five hundred sports. Yeah. I mean we could have listed snowboarding, but could've I listed didn't. skateboarding. I could've wanted to answer three of them. Yes. The three major ones. Come on, people. Uh Jack Stan says there's only one correct answer here, baseball. John says, not sure how anyone couldn't vote for baseball besides them just not liking it. One needs to look no further than the age of the all stars. And that's really what brought this topic up, John. Uh no such thing as a young football player. And Jack Excuse Stan also me? Jack Stan also calling you out. Giannis was drafted in two thousand thirteen. Cool, he's he's also younger than Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz. That is, so that what, was, so that is interesting what are we talking about? Baseball? about? Oh, yeah, you just responded, I see. Well, there you go, man. Well, (laughs) you you want me to tell every time I tweet now? No. You want me to give you the rundown? Oh, no, I was appreciative of your response. Well, tonight, you know, when I'm tweeting at 1130, I'm going to be sure to give you, let you know, give you a heads up. All right, if you were going to a bar, Kuz brought this up, so I'm going to jump on it here. I'm glad he's here to hear this. And, of course, Kuz in a bar seems to be kind of... Oh, man. Fish and water, right? One of the same, right? Yeah. If you if you were gonna go watch a sporting event like today's soccer, if you're into in, into it, yeah, Jags game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. If most people have Super Bowl parties. They don't. Do a lot of people go to bars and watch a Super Bowl? I wouldn't. I mean, with most all people, sit, most people kind of that's yeah, a, that's yeah. at your home or a cul-de-sac thing or a yeah. uh, private party type of thing. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's a good point. I mean, but it's it's the whole like. See, to me, it's about the food. I mean, yeah, you can go to a bar and get food, but why would I go to a bar and get food when I have like twenty guests bringing food for me? Yeah. So, and yeah. you kind of want that. It's a no You want that specialty dip, yeah. that taco dip, yeah, or buffalo chicken dip. Exactly. But see, and with all due respect to Jacksonville, and we can get into different sports, but in terms of football, see, to me, it's different here in Jacksonville because you have to think a lot of people that live in Jacksonville are transplants. So, like, if you go to a bar on a Sunday, you may see like a bunch of like Steelers jerseys. You could see some Cowboys jerseys. Like, if it, and I'm sure you can talk about New England, too, but if you go to a bar like in Wisconsin, I mean, you're going to see Packers jerseys. If, if you see a Bears jersey, you might get something said to you. But I feel like here it's a little more um, laid back and chill just because there are so many fans from different from different cities and whatnot. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, so where do you go? Where have you gone to <laughs> yeah. watch an event? So honestly, the, the only events that I'll actually go out and watch are like UFC fights or boxing matches. And, um, cause usually, like, if I'm, even like when the Brewers are doing their thing last year, and you have to remember, Brent, like, I'm, if I was in Wisconsin, it might be different, but, like, I had nobody to go out and watch the Brewers with me last year. Yes, yeah, probably like, who, not a big crowd to, at whatever yeah. establishment watching yeah, the Brewers. So I would just much rather watch it at home. But uh, what do people watch it? Uh, soccer has become one of these things. Soccer is the one Cup. of those things, yeah. Uh, I think, I think you, you said fight night. Oh, yeah, certainly. for sure, yeah. So, like, if we're talking about where I go watch a fight, right now I'm usually at the Ale House. Um, because it's a pretty nice setup. What they have was they have like couches and stuff outside, so you can actually sit outside on like and watch like on a big screen. So if I if I go to watch a fight, it's gonna be the Ale House. But I, I've gone to to sneakers as well when they used to. We've, we've been to actually. We, we did. To, yeah, we did a show. Um, and I'm not sure if they the actually show UFC fights anymore now. But that's a whole other topic for another time. 
Because, I mean, there, there's a reason why the pay-per-view model is, is dying. You know, like, people aren't into going to watch fights anymore. Well, expand on that, though, because you we are talking into it? on the topic. Okay. Well, what's interesting, uh, I brought up Mr. Chubby's the other day as I was yeah. bragging about the Wings. Yeah. Um, because I do like them. But they actually said it there. They have two locations. Yeah. And they stopped showing the fights at one location, I think is what the waitress said. Yeah. And then they, but they brought them over to the other location. Yeah. So I they mean, they did show it there. So on fight night on a Saturday night. Yeah. They, they do really well, uh, depending on what the card is and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and I've talked about it a little bit before, but we can dive back into it. And I'm going to talk about more of the UFC than boxing because, but it's pretty much the same thing. But with the UFC, you know, they, they signed the contract with ESPN, right? And that was, um, when that happened, a lot of people were excited because ESPN is the biggest name in sports. But the problem with the ESPN, uh, contract is the fact that espn um doesn't need uh mma with all due respect because yeah, yeah. espn is going to be okay without it's just them. in their portfolio you know, as, as opposed to fox sports who didn't have a lot of the sports at their disposal where the fox sports actually needed the ufc to be successful um so the ufc needs espn a lot more than espn needs ufc so now when you talk about that contract because and i've talked about it before on the show where the ufc signed a contract where all the pay-per-views will be off espn so basically how that works is you have to buy the espn plus app and yeah i know this is a long winded thing. This is a lot of things you got to go to get a pay-per-view nowadays. You have to buy the ESPN Plus app, and then off there, you can purchase the pay-per-view. And in doing that, ESPN said, listen, uh, we don't care about the analytics. We don't care about the numbers of what you guys are bringing on the table. We're just going to pay you like 300000 300,000 pay-per-view buys for every pay-per-view. So basically that means it doesn't matter what kind of card you have, the UFC is making the same amount of money per pay-per-view. Now, that can be good and bad because now you don't have to tell the fighters stories anymore, which is I think is a big part of fighting because you want to know who's actually going to be on the screen. You want to see the interviews. You want to see the stories behind you know, the fighters, but they don't have to do that that much anymore because they're making the same amount of money in the UFC every single pay-per-view. And another problem is the fact that the oversaturation of it. It used to be where there'd be a pay-per-view maybe every like once every three years and like that pay-per-view was loaded that card was stacked from top to bottom i mean you had to make it a priority you were just counting down the days so you could go to a bar or if you wanted to spend like 60 70 bucks to watch this pay-per-view it's not like that anymore and you know i think conor mcgregor being quiet has something to do with it as well because conor mcgregor is the biggest face still in, in mma and the fact that i think the whole quote-unquote entertainment era is kind of coming to an end now because guys don't have to get on the microphone talk all this smack anymore guys don't have to go on twitter talk all this smack anymore because you're going to make the same amount of money on a pay-per-view because that's the way it goes you're you're not concerned about pay-per-view buys anymore as a fighter because either way you're getting the same amount of money by the way france scored two to one now uh in that uh soccer match uh, in Mm -hmm. france two to one united states leads well how, how much time's left to say? Uh, we're in the 81th. We're in the 81st minute. Well, and you're behind, so we're pro- it's probably like in the it's 84th 83rd, minute. Yeah. 83rd. Oh, dang. Come on. 83rd minute. Uh, PlayStation View, step your game up. Uh, United States uh, is in the lead for now. Did I just see something? Hold on. Break on Twitter? Don't you? No, you're good. Okay. <sighs> There's a lot of swearing going on on Twitter right now. So Unless I'm, unless I'm behind. We'll see. Uh, but well, they just, they just, no. The question is, so where do you go and, and watch a sporting event? And mm-hmm. really, there's not a ton of sporting events that you go to, I think. And now listen, I think because of fantasy football, the NFL ticket, if you don't purchase it, you go to a restaurant, you can watch that. Uh, First Coast Bubbler says for NFL, you should do timeout grill. Yeah. I've seen some of the soccer before at like some of the, uh, uh, 
what, Irish pubs like Colhane's or Lynch's, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you get a big crowd uh, going there. Um, now, I had been a timeout to watch the NCAA tournament. Uh, NCAA tournament's yeah. a good watch one, right? Yeah, the, I mean, that's a fantastic yeah. one, yeah. Ale House is, is a place with all TV. I mean, you just think yeah. big TVs, yeah. and, and you can go. But... Uh, and now there's, I think, a lot of the even the breweries that are popping up, places mm-hmm. like that. So there's, <laughs> I just talked about it yesterday. There's so many restaurants that went down. You can probably go to a million different places sure. uh, and check it out. So we'll see. Uh, get your thoughts on it if you want. Star Star Six Ninety. Where do you go? Which bar uh, to watch a, a sporting event? If you go out like that and uh, check it out, an event like today's soccer match you by the way have an opponent speaking of fights i do i saw you announce that today yep don't bury the lead man i sometimes oh, you, you remind you know, me i forget about it, these things good, i got a man. lot going on it's all good man july 20th in tallahassee yes sir what do you know about your opponent don't give too much away now cameron graham i mean not much to give away the, the dude's gonna come to bang uh he's a he's a heavy hitter he, he goes for the knockout he's got a good overhand right um has an okay kick set up but i mean he's gonna try to knock me out with with the overhand right that's what we're practicing right looks now. looks like a big guy Bigger dude, yeah. I mean, I think he might have to cut a little bit to get to 65. Really? Uh, he's about 6'1". Uh, you know, I mean, they say a 77 or 78-inch reach. You can't really go by what they say. But, um, yeah. And where is, is, it? It? is it? Is that big reach? Um, I got like an 81, so it's... Okay. Yeah. I mean, sm- not smaller than me. Not six, bad for 6'1". Not bad for 6'1". Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so you'll get him on the reach. Reach is big. Go. Reach is huge, yeah. I'd like to get out of the way of those things. <laughs> so you can't reach me. Fair enough. That's why I sit 84 inches away. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, more to come. Uh, stay in your lane included on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. What you got? You getting nervous over there? Two to one. United States and France. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of stoppage time, too. I'm starting to stress eat over here. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous. Can't blow a two-goal lead. Sure can. That'd be disastrous. Yeah. Whew, we'll see, man. Don't let it happen. Nope. This is up to you. Well, and it bothers me because Kuz knows it's happening before I do because he's, he's up like two minutes than I am. I know. I'm trying not to give anything away to you. I'm just trying to watch your facial reactions. I mean, it's, <laughs> when it comes to poker face, I'm not sure if you have a good one. How much time so is left far. on your clock? They're about to hit the 90th minute right now. Okay, so there'll be extra time. I hear there's a decent amount of extra time, too, so we'll see what happens. My TV, it's a little unclear right now, so I can't really tell uh, what it says. <laughs> Thanks for uh, chipping in on the information. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey. Five minutes. We should be paying attention to Mike Trout a little bit more than we are. That's hard, Brent. Somebody said, I think it was uh, Tim Kirkshen. Last night, (laughs) your guy. Yeah. I think he said yesterday, he said, it's like Mickey Mantle has been reincarnated. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he he is, they are, you saw the tweet, I think couple, I think Buster only had the tweet last week. It was the numbers of Trout versus Mantle, Mm -hmm. and they were similar. Uh, Mantle's actually better. I thought when he tweeted it, when I first saw it, it was going to be, Trots were even better, but it's actually mantles are better. See, Mickey Mantle, to me, helps that whole 1940s, 1950s, I want to see baseball go back to that era because where I grew up, there were a lot of Red Sox fans, of course, but there are also a lot of Yankees fans, a lot of Italians that loved Joe DiMaggio, Mm -hmm. but that fell in love with the Yankees and loved Mickey Mantle. Uh, Even in my family, like cousins and, and uncles, they loved Mickey Mantle. And, I mean, they talked about Mickey Mantle like... 
you name your most famous precious athlete of all time and that's what they they refer to Mickey Mantle. So I always there was always this aura for me around the name Mickey Mantle, mm-hmm. even though I was like, okay, I've never seen him play. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know much about him. But when you start comparing people to Mickey Mantle, it resonates. Uh, you know, Tony Gwynn, from a hitting standpoint, you could compare to Ted Williams in terms of how good of a hitter he was. But you know, even Ted Williams, he goes down as probably the greatest hitter of all time, in my opinion. Yet he doesn't come with the aura of a Mickey Mantle. You know, it's just something different. And uh, when when you bring that name up and you say Mike Trout's that guy, and then in the All-Star show last night, they asked players, who's your favorite player to watch? And it was Mickey Mantle. I'm sorry, Trout, 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 Trout. Every guy yeah. in the league said if you could watch one player play the game, Trout. He's like, they even said to the point it was cliche that it's Trout, but it's still Trout. It's mm-hmm. like everybody's going to say this, but it's still Trout. They like stop in their tracks to watch Mike Trout play baseball. We are not appreciating one of the best athletes to play the game of baseball who will go down as one of the greatest baseball players of all time. We are not appreciating him enough right now uh, as a as a as sports fans. We re- we just aren't. I mean, we are missing it. Like we are appreciating Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We appreciated Michael Jordan. We appreciate LeBron James. We can debate back and forth who's better, but we are absorbing it all. And we, by the way, Tiger Woods, same thing, fits the category. We we soak it in, man. Uh, whether you love them or hate them or whatever, you, you watch it. You absorb it. You can tell the stories. I saw this shot. I saw this. I saw that. We can't say that about Mike Trout, but he belongs in the category of all those, most likely. He does, but, and here's... Listen, I mean, without a doubt, Mike Trout is a special talent, okay? The fact that he plays in the West Coast has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. Okay? I mean, there was a reason when Marcus Mariota won the Heisman Trophy, I had no idea who he was. Going to be honest with you. Didn't watch a lot of Oregon football. Didn't watch a lot of Pac-12. Well, I think it was Pac-10 at the time after dark. Just just didn't do that. Um, but the thing with Trout that's interesting to me, so he, he gets called up in 2011, immediately wins Rookie of the Year. Eight-time All-Star. But is it kind of shocking that he's only won two MVP awards for as much as he's been able to produce? Because you look at a guy like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds won the MVP, and now granted, yes, steroids were were probably a part of it. Is he six times? Uh, well, he won it four times in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. Um, you got a guy like Pujols. By the way, I think he won times. those. I would keep, won a lot of those MVPs before the Roids. Well, of course. Uh, yeah, so 90s. then he also won one in, in ninety and then ninety two as well, yeah. ninety three. But then he hit the string where it was two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand four. Oh, so, he, oh yeah. he was four times in that that and, stretch. And that, that so stretch. he won seven MVPs. There you go. I man. did not realize that. Yeah. So I thought it was six. Yeah, and then you got a guy like uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the list here. I mean. Miguel Cabrero goes back to back 2011, 2012 with Detroit, you know, so and Trout hasn't done that yet. And, and it's crazy for as much as we tout Mike Trout as being just like this once in a lifetime kind of guy. I mean, where, where are the awards to back it up, Brent? Well, yeah, it's good. The numbers are there. And I think part of it is MV. It's kind of like the NBA. Is right. it kind of like the, the team success is LeBron dictated James, on them? Uh, we get tired of the the winner, although I don't know if Mike Trout won it enough to get tired of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mookie Betts, well-deserving, right? Yeah. Uh, Miguel Cabrera's unbelievable hitter. I mean, he was well-deserving. He won Triple Crown one of those years. He had to win it. Uh, so we, we've seen great baseball performances. Uh, I'm sure, has one of the Houston Astros won it? Is it was El Tuve an MVP or one of those guys uh, in recent memory? 
I'm thinking he might have been. Uh, yeah, he was Altuve was 2017. Yeah. So those guys are well des- well deserved MVPs, but in totality, day in day out, um, game in game out, this guy gets it done. And and it's really the story here is we all know this. I think it's been said enough. But I think it's a reminder, and this is a good time to watch. There's not a lot of other sports going on. This is a good time for baseball, right? You have your all-star game coming up. It's kind of the Midsummer Classic is, is a big thing. You got July 4th, it feels like baseball time. Turn the TV on and try to find Mike Trout and watch him play. Yeah. Because we're missing a guy in his prime that is one of the all-timers. He is ten times better than Bryce Harper. Yet Bryce Harper gets a lot of the love because outgoing personality, the big beard, big contract in Philadelphia. No, th- this guy's a way better player than Bryce Harper, and I like Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. But this guy gets it done all the time from at the field, stealing bases. He's a freight train. I mean, he's a football player playing baseball. How many of them are there really in Major League Baseball right now? There's Aaron Judge. There's Giancarlo Stanton that look like tight ends. Yeah. And, well, and by the way, Stanton I mean, was a tight end. Stanton had, like, USC offers to play tight end. Yeah. Um, I think Pujols back in his prime was kind Feels of like, that way. felt yeah. that way. I mean, he's still a big dude. Um, but think about Pujols. Let me just say this about Pujols. Sure. It feels like the other guys can do this even more than Pujols. Maybe they can't, but it feels like, in my mind, that they can run. Like, Pujols never could run. No, I got you. you. Know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, Pujols... You might have to line him up as a block. I'm talking about the, like look at the Zeke. Yeah, I got you. Um, man, there's not a lot of them. No, for sure. Maybe, I mean, is, is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Is he? Yeah. Pretty big? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that's a good call. Put it on him. And he's so young. Like Fernando Tatis Jr. Maybe is another one. Like yeah. those guys are so young. We haven't seen enough of them. But Trout, like I feel like Trout in football, you could put at tight end. I feel mm-hmm. like you could put at linebacker. Maybe even strong safety. You might even put put him in the backfield, running back or fullback. Yeah. I mean, he is that kind of athlete, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I moral of the story here is I just don't know if we're enjoying him enough. And it, it hit me last night watching everybody else talk about him. All these other players, there's, there's no better compliment than what your peers say about you. And of when course. you have that many guys, all the stars in baseball, they were asked that question. And I'm telling you, I think I might have heard another name like once or twice, but it was all Trout. Mm-hmm. And it just really stuck out to me. Like, man, we got to watch him. I've got to watch him more. I'm a baseball fan, but I need to turn my TV on and watch Mike Trout more. I need it's to just, be able to tell, say that I watched him, and I watched him more than once on a Fox Saturday but, or, or once yeah, in an All-Star but game. But, Brent, to be fair, I mean, unless it's away games, no one's tuning in at, you know, 1030 with all due respect to watch baseball. I mean, yeah. unless you're a fan of the team, um, no it's casual baseball fan's going to do that. Yeah, it's hard you know? to do. Especially on the East Coast. I will yeah. say this. At work last night, I watched uh, t- uh, on TV uh, while I was doing some other things, watched Colorado and the Dodgers. Okay. That was an entertaining game. Sure. It was back and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and forth, and the Dodgers end up winning uh, again. Dodgers are awesome. Dodgers are good. I didn't even have them going to the playoffs this year. We did like our MLB yes. uh, predictions. <laughs> You tried yeah. to get them in the upset. But yeah, yeah. Didn't happen. No. Um, hey, did you see the Rays are the, the Rays are trying to sell tickets for like two bucks now and peanuts yeah. for two bucks? And the the story here for me is this is a little bit. They tried for the five dollar thing a few weeks back, didn't sell it out. I think they're trying to see the results here and say, hey, we want you to come to the games. We want you to do it. it it's no. Our it, team is good, by the way. Yeah, yeah. you know, come to the games. But there's a backside of this. The owner, who obviously has been in the public the last week or so with this whole Montreal thing, and it's not going to work in Tampa thing, not 81 times. I think if they don't show up next week at $2 a pop, 
you can't get into anywhere for two dollars over, over like a holiday week too. Sta- you know? Yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you say, well, we only put eighteen thousand and we could even fill the stadium halfway in this, yeah. it's another kind of thing in their back pocket that they can say, see, it just can't work here. Oh, so I think yeah. there's motivation in that to say, all right, let's try this experiment. Well, and, and props to the Rays for trying to do everything in their power to try to make this work. It's like a relationship, but the fans don't want to cooperate, man. So yeah. maybe, you, maybe you don't earn a baseball well, team. Well, now they've pissed the fans off a little bit with this whole Montreal thing, too. There is that part of it. Jawan Taylor conversation. Paul Puzlozny on the way in the 5 o'clock hour as well. The United States did it. They hang on. 2-1. to one. Over France, moving on to the semifinals now. Now you got to guard against a little bit of a letdown, though, right? Because this was, like, so amped up for this yep. game, this match. And so France, the team to beat on their home turf. Got it done. Playing human, England. Human instinct. Playing England next. It's just to let your foot off the gas a little bit. Don't do it, ladies. Oh, never. Uh, when's the uh, match against England to say? It's a great question. Um, out here. I don't think it's been announced yet. Come on, there's still Tuesday. Some, there's still some quarter. Don't worry, is it people, Tuesday? I'll fill okay. you in. Well, then why would you even ask me the question, dude? Well, because I was just giving you a chance to, to do something. <laughs> Way to put me on the spot. I said they're playing England. <laughs> you did have England. I'll well, give you that. told me that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you call yourself a fan. Whatever, man. I was surprised you didn't know the whole bracket. Uh, I know that Norway got beat, and I was kind of bummed about that. But. Well, now all the uh, fake women's soccer fans can return to their normally scheduled programming for the next few days until Tuesday hits against England. Did you know that Norway has probably the best player in the country, and she didn't play? In the world? Yeah. And then, I'm sorry, in the world, yeah. my bad, and didn't play. Why not? Uh, I guess disputes with payment and everything like that. Really? Yeah, so she took a stand. Huh. So it's not just the United States doing this. Oh, no. Dude, I, I, I talked about the German commercial. Um, oh, remember, yeah, I talked did, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from Germany. And I think they're playing pretty soon coming up here, too. I feel but, like the um, United States on the forefront of it, of course. That's yeah. Because we live here. That's because we live here. But I think it's kind of a thing all around the world. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, so she's supposed to be the best player in the world. And One she of them, sat yeah. out. She sat out. Hmm. That's a pretty good protest. Yes, sir. Brent Martin of Austin I think about sitting out, too, pretty soon. <laughs> I kind of feel like you have been. <laughs> I'm here, man. I'm here in full effect. I'm just waiting for Puzz to get on the horn. Yeah, Puzz coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll talk to Juwan Taylor in just a little bit as well. Stay in your lane coming up. And I do want to mention a thought or two about the netting going up in Major League Baseball parks and, and that story that has become uh, very topical around Major League Baseball as well. But right now, Friday edition, in honor of the United States women's team, Getting a big win at the World Cup, 2-1. to one. In honor of heading into the weekend. In honor of heading into a little vacation. How about we hit the happy hour horn? Grab a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders, and grab a win. Got a W. A dub. 
You haven't done like an impersonation on the Vita DeLui Happy Hour Horn in quite a while. That's because I spent up all my talents singing the Julius Randle song yesterday. Yes, that was good. Thank you very uh, much. Very good. Yes. Wink, wink. Uh, local <laughs> tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in Tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita DeLuise Tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuise.com. Drink responsibly. Uh... July 4th plans, you guys have anything? And you've got to be low-key because you got the fight coming up in just a few weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. C- can't be having some barley pops and some hot dogs, man. you got to keep it under wraps. So I think we'll probably just go to one of our friends' houses at the beach, uh, watch some fireworks at night, and then call it a day. Call so it a day. Pretty, uh, pretty low-key for the for the Lane family. What about you? Uh, we'll be on a cruise. You'll be on a cruise? Somewhere. Uh, probably I mean, not even in the United States. I was going to say, I, 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 I'm going to be in a country that celebrates well, I was say, the 4th of July. Who thought of this? Yeah, man. Is that not right? Yeah, I'm going to celebrate the 4th of July. Well, I don't know. I might be. I don't know. I mean, what's, uh, do do we, like, own some of these islands that I'm heading to? You're asking the wrong (laughs) dude, man. You're absolutely asking the wrong dude. I don't even know where I'm going. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't even asked. You're just going to know when you get there, right? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't tell you. Um, I could guess. I think I know a couple of them, but, uh, that's a good call. I'm not sure if, if they are American properties. Well, who the out, heck man. planned this thing? I think I'm looking at you, dude. Was this you or Mrs. Martineau, the Hall of Famer? Oh, yes, yeah, the Hall of Famer. Okay, well, she can Hall do what she Fame wants. Hall of Fame travel agent. Yeah, I hear you. You do have uh, announced today, by the way, fight opponent for uh, Austin Lane coming up in Tallahassee July 20th. Yes. Get a little watch party out there. Maybe a little bit, you know. Is there a is there a, well, there's not a football game yet? Unfortunately, not in no. July. Um, yeah, that'd be something to do. July twentieth. It will take place late on a Saturday night, probably similar to what yes, happened here. That is correct. Let's put that in the works, Coos. Once you get that going, Coos, you gonna go? Tallahassee. It's a drive. Oh, maybe. <laughs> That's definitely a no. Yeah, it's alright, man. You don't have to lie. Well, it you're just good. depends on what's going on. PC. If I have to work yeah. on the weekend, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're all good, man. You got a lot of me. You're I fun. A, here's the thing. I had so much more fun uh, than I thought I was going to have at the last one I went. I'm glad you did. Combat night, like yeah. that was awesome. I had a great time. And, and I even came through the crowd to say what's up to you, and you left already. But it's yeah, all good, though, man. Yeah, it's, it's That's good. because well, here's the thing. I came from TPC. So <laughs> no, I understand. I had I was struggling, and there wasn't any food. All the pulled pork was gone. So. Sure that. I was I was running on fumes. No, you're all good, man. No worries. That was a quick um, exit by Coos. Yep, get in, get out. I got okay. in, got out. I got I the footage and got yeah. in, got out. Went right over to see Senors and got some tacos. Business for the businessman. You got to respect it. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, once again, the um, the opponent is his name is Cam Graham. Cam Graham, and that will be uh, July. 20th. That is correct. Uh, so for combat night. In Tallahassee. Yes. All right, we'll see what we can do. we got to try to get out there. I know Ty has a tournament that weekend, but we'll have to see what's happening. A, b- a baseball tournament? Yeah. Color me shocked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's actually like the <laughs> last one. Is there going to be a baseball tournament on this cruise you guys are coming up to? <laughs> is, is this some kind of like Little League cruise you guys are taking yeah. or what? That's uh, a good idea. Yeah, there you go. go. Play a baseball game on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, you never uh, know. It, I don't, I, I don't know how you Little League dads are. I have no idea. There's a possibility that does exist. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, baseball, one one thought, one more thought on baseball. The, the netting in yeah. Major League Baseball. And it is now happening. Everybody's going to do it. Good idea. Long overdue. What took so long? What's uh, what's the thoughts on, on the netting? 
especially after all these incidents. Uh, the most recent one with the, a two-year-old and yeah, that's fractured skull. Yeah. Uh, how many coups? How many did you say have been hit this year by foul balls? Oh, I did you I, say eighteen? I or? I don't think that someone told us that yesterday though. Oh, okay. But I, I don't. You I said don't. It. No. You just made up a number. Twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-four. Uh, I, I think it's a good idea, Brent, and I'm not sure what has taken so long. Um, I really wonder, and I don't. People take this the wrong way, especially with the with the little girl who's got hit. You know, she had the fractured skull. I think thankfully she's gonna make a full recovery. Correct of what I read. I, yeah, I didn't see too much on the information. I saw okay. that they they came out and talked about it. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, like. There are more teams doing it. The Nationals, I think, are the latest team to do it. I think there might even be a couple of other ones doing it. Um, but this latest story is more that even the uh, even the United States Senators are telling um, Major League Baseball that they should be proactive in mm-hmm. getting the protective I mean, netting. I mean, the bottom line here is we are getting we're going to get to that point. But I'm where, saying where they all get get done. I mean, now you, we're starting to see it. Do you think the reason why it has taken this long? is for the fact that nowadays it seems like everyone's on their cell phone during a baseball game and um, maybe watching games at the top priority? Yeah, I, do, I think so. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's the easy answer, is yeah. that we're distracted, yeah. right? We have short attention spans, so we're talking to the people next to us, Which, we're talking on the phones, yeah, and, we're tweeting, we're Facebook, we're taking pictures. And I don't want to get taken the wrong way because the two-year-old wasn't on a cell phone. You know, no. she was just a, she's an innocent bystander. So that, that's not always the case, obviously. Yeah, I think but. it's a tough to bl- it's tough to blanket it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I can. that is a big reason why. But in this all-or-nothing society we live in to say, yeah, it's got to be this, or it's got to yeah, be this way, answer. I don't think that's the only answer. I think some of the answer is bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, you have guys throwing 100 miles an hour, a lot more people throwing 100 miles per hour, some throwing 103, 104 miles per hour, which means the exit velocities and everything else are coming off that bat a lot quicker. So uh, you just think of it. If you're late on a pitch... Well, that's the one that's going, say you're a right-handed batter and you're late on a pitch, that's one going down the first base line and that thing's cruising down mm-hmm. the first base line. That's that low-line drive or a one-hopper into the stands. That's the one where you, like everybody already goes, oh, I don't want to touch that one, Yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's going into a mass of people mm-hmm. at whatever rate of speed that is. And that's always happened. But now the fact that you're probably more late on fastballs than you've ever been before because... Pitchers are throwing 102 more consistently, and yeah. you're seeing more fresh arms coming out of the bullpen. So you can really track it all the way back down to that. And so I, I think it is a, yes, I think people aren't paying attention. Yes, I think phones are a part of it, and we're distracted um, partly because of that, but partly because we just don't want to sit still for, for three hours in, in any given time. But I do think the bigger, faster, stronger part of this is the real deal, too. I, I think that's essentially a major part of why balls are coming off the bat so quickly and why maybe there are even, I don't know about more foul balls, mm-hmm. but harder foul balls down the line. This is a little off topic, but it's kind of the same discussion. Have Is it like for bullpens now? Are, are all the bullpens in outfield, or do they still do the bullpen <laughs> yeah, towards down the, the side. side? That's a good question. I, I I feel like I've seen that in major leagues where there still are some that are yeah, out in, which, in play. I mean, but I has there ever been an accident with that either? Because I remember well, what usually happens is you have a um, – has there ever been? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think you hear a lot about it, but what usually happens is there's a, an extra body to protect Just, the yeah. pitcher, mm-hmm. you know, who's watching that, almost like the ball girl or ball boy, Yeah. Uh, but they usually put a player out there. So to your point, I, I want to say that all major league parks have the bullpen that's enclosed okay but 
the baseball grounds, which is a fantastic facility right here at Bregan Field, they have the bullpen that is open. Yeah, I could have right swore a couple stadium. Maybe that's changed now in the past, you know, five years. But I could have swore a couple years ago there was some open bullpens. But maybe some research to do. But yeah, I mean, same thing with that too as well. I remember being in high school and I was like a backup catcher, so I had to get the pitchers ready. And there was an open bullpen for us, and I had my back turned, you know, to the game, and uh, that always made me a little nervous as well. But the, the the point is, listen, like when it comes to the netting, of course you should put the net up all the way around. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's not like, I mean, the only argument you could say is like, well, the view could be obstructed a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, that I think people really, are getting though? used to that. Yeah. I think people now understand. I mean, you, you are paying a lot for a ticket, so you should maybe get to at your own risk. But uh, you know, there. You pay a lot for a ticket, and they still cut off beer sales in the seventh inning. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. because they're trying to help and protect people, too, yeah. in that regard. That's why they do it. It's not because they don't want to make any more money, but they don't want people walking out of there drunk, at, you know, in the ninth inning right when the game ends and potentially getting in a car and all that. That's why they shut it down uh, earlier in the baseball game. The other part of this story, though, is should politicians be able to dictate? Like this is these are two. There's a couple of senators there that are urging this. Again, I think we're going this way anyway. I don't know if it needs urging by politicians, but I guess a small part of this story is: should they be involved in it? Like, yeah. I mean, should Major League Baseball have to listen to that? Uh, you know, in a sense, they're I guess trying to protect their constituents in yeah. in a in a roundabout way. But uh, I, I don't really think it's the influence of U.S. senators that's going to change this or make this happen. I think it's what we've seen with that two-year-old girl. Yeah. I think it's the reaction we saw in that was the Cubs player, right? Yes. With the fan. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's those kind of incidents that's that open up Major League Baseball's eyes enough and say, let's do it. And, and I've, I've told you this story before. Uh, we know somebody locally that does the netting, and sometimes at big at big ballparks. And he told me it's like a hundred thousand dollars to do the netting. That is, is peanuts, peanuts man. Yeah. That's peanuts in big league baseball. Yeah, it, it's it's going to happen at some point. There is more netting up than ever before in most mm-hmm. ballparks, including right here at the baseball grounds uh, where the jumbo shrimp play. Well, but we are going to get to that and point. And if politicians have to get involved to make a change, then so be it, Brent, because you know what? It's, it's <laughs> and the there's an argument that politicians well, make change. Well, they, they call it separation <laughs> of church and state for a reason. It's not separation of church, state, and sports. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, well, it, Politicians have been involved in baseball before. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you. So, I mean, if that's what it takes, then so be it. But as long as there's changes happening, uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, so it, it's, it seems like... Uh, to me, the story is starting to get a little bit old on the netting. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's just do it. You know, let's yeah. do it. Let's make it happen. What are you waiting for? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it would be a – I think all commissioners want to put their stamp on certain things. Um, Rob Manfred is somewhat new to the commissioner office. I think he has a chance here to – I don't like what he's doing with the baseball, to be quite honest with you. I don't know how much of that's his doing, but we talked about that the other day. I don't think the style of the game is in a great place right now in baseball. But I do think we could look back and say, well, Rob Manford, while he was commissioner of baseball in the early years, put this netting up and protected people and it saved whether it's lives or injuries or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And it made, you know what else does? It makes ballplayers feel more comfortable. Because. Yeah. I don't want to know that I'm going to hit well, a rocket you, shot right at a fan and I potentially mean, hurt somebody. You you saw that reaction from the Cubs uh, player. Yeah. I mean, it, it was horrible. I mean, the, the guy was in tears. You know, he was 
um, it was out of control. So yeah, uh, that, that helps players. It gives players a state of mind, uh, the, the peace of mind as well. Let's go back to back Jags right now. Paul Puzlosi is going to join us in just a few minutes. But before we get there, Marcel Robinson caught up with Jaguars offensive tackle, rookie out of Florida, second round pick, Jawan Taylor, yesterday at the event with the Special Olympics at Jags headquarters. Here's Marcel's conversation with the big fella out of Gainesville. My first question, why are you wearing a name badge when everyone here knows who you are? Uh, you know, first impression, I just want people to know me. Like, even when we had our last uh, player development thing we did, event, I put my Instagram on there. It's just like advertising, but um, also swagger. But we wore this, we had to put our names on the name tag in a meeting we just came from. So I just left it on there for the kids and stuff. Now, speaking of the kids and stuff and making first impression, I'm pretty sure you made a very lasting one having fun with all these kids out here, man. Tell me, how's this event going? All you guys are smiling out here. Oh, it's going great. We're enjoying ourselves, um, you know, getting to give back to the community. Um, you know, we're role models for these kids. They look up there, so it's a lot of fun. What is kind of, what does this do for you as players? Because like we said, all the kids are smiling, but every single player I see in here is smiling just as much, if not more, than all the, you know, participants. Uh, it's great, you know, to get to see everybody smile, everyone having a good time. Um, you know, just, we just want to give back to the community today and, uh, you know, just do something great for the kids. What's kind of the funnest moment that you've had out here today? Uh, one kid just tried to call me out and tackle me, but, um, you know, I told him no. Because he was coming a little too hard. I didn't want to get ran over and get embarrassed out here today. Well, we don't want to see you get ran over, and that's one of the reasons why we're getting started in about a month with that thing we call training camp, man. How excited are you, and can you be ready for training camp here? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm going to be ready to go. You know, I got to go go home and, you know, work out, get ready to go, um, you know, come help the team once again. Now, throughout, you know, the rookie minicamp and the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp, you know, doing your offensive lineman work, it really doesn't start until you can kind of, you know, get the pads on. You know, get kind of get your hands on some pads and get a good feel for the game and everything. But what did you take away from, you know, the OTAs and the minicamp that you've been through so far? Uh, just technique, learning from the best, learning from the coaches, uh, you know, taking everything serious every single day and coming out ready to attack and get better every day. Plus, like, you know, I learned a lot from the best. Um, Brandon Linder, you know, guys like that, I learned from them. and They taught me a lot of stuff every day. Now, speaking of Brandon Linder, he's one of our returning guys along with Cam Robinson and Andrew Norwell. Are you guys are expected to be, you know, one big collective unit. What exactly have you talked to them? Because it's going to be all about chemistry. you got to be on the same page. And you feel that's something that you've kind of chipped away a little bit? Most definitely. They're great communicators, great guys, great group of guys. Um, I look up to all of them. And, you know, they teach me a lot of stuff every day. But, you know, we're just looking to be the best we can be and get better every day. Now, in the past, I want you to tell me tell me the truth now. In the past, our offensive linemen kind of have a pack where they got to be quiet. They can't talk about the media and everything like that. But tell me, how you been? what's the rookie hazeman like? I know they got to have something for you. Nah, nothing at all. I haven't done nothing to me, but I'm just enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun every day. All right, man. So what are you most expecting to get out of this event from a, from a personal standpoint? Obviously, you know, all you guys are here. It's got to be a great bonding experience from a rookie standpoint. Oh, well, I'm, I'm used to this anyway. Um, my senior year of high school, I did stuff like this, gave out to the community. Um, I work with special needs kids. I was a coach for a PE class. So, you know, this is this is what I'm used to, and I'm enjoying it. I have a lot of fun with it. Now, my last question about training camp. Uh, this team is only going to go as far as the offensive line goes, you know, to protect the passing game, to open up holes in the run game. How much pressure are you expected to take on for your particular position? And is it really pressure at all? Just come out here and do what you do? Yeah, no pressure at all. Just got to come in and work every single day, take coaching and, you know, listen and just go out there and go hard every single day. Now, my last question for you. The one thing that stands out of all the players here, 
It's your bag. What, what, what are we doing here, man? Tell me about the swag, man. What, what, what is this bag thing? Okay, first off, you know, when you big, they, you know, they don't expect the linemen to have a lot of swagger, but I'm just trying to bring that. I brought that to Florida. I'm trying to bring that here, you know. I think all big guys should have swagger. It shouldn't be just the little guys in the skill position, so I feel like that's how linemen should be, too. That's Juwan Taylor, Jaguar second-round pick. Uh, maybe got a steal in the second round for the right tackle out of Florida. Marcel Robinson catching up with him and uh, Gardner Minshew yesterday uh, as well. So uh, good conversations with those guys. Giving back to the community. Had a real fun day with the Special Olympians yesterday at Jags headquarters. And now hit the summer break, continue to break, and then uh, back at it in just a few weeks for camp. You know, it was a month from yesterday. Jaguars training camp begins. Wow. So uh, it is getting closer and closer. And we'll see what happens with Jawan Taylor. I'm interested in that whole situation. Cam Robinson, Abwehi, Taylor. Where do they all fit? Left tackle, right tackle, swing tackle. Uh, who's healthy? Who's not? Who can produce right away? It's a big question because I kind of, I'm okay with what the Jags have in the middle of that offensive line, their interior. I think Andrew Norwell is going to come off a, uh, a tough year and have a good one. I think Brandon Linder's going to be fine. And I think they're okay with AJ Can. I mean, the right guard spot's not a spot you need to be a five-time Pro Bowler at. I think uh, he's a fifth-year guy, veteran, enough experience, been pretty durable. I think he's fine, but that outside is so important. Um, health and productivity, how will they be? Uh, one of the big question marks going into uh, training camp. Well, no longer a question mark. How much will Puzz play? <laughs> but always a question, what would Puzz do? Good call. Ah, Paul Puzzlesny visits with Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 coming up next. This has really been a fun month. The Jaguars in their 25th season here in Jacksonville, which is pretty cool. And of course, it's awesome to have the Jags here. We've been celebrating it all month long with different Jags players. Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell, Maurice Jones-Drew, Rasheen Mathis, Brad Meester, Russell Allen, Joe Zelenka, Kyle Brady, Cecil Schwartz III, Will Blackman, David Garrard, John Jerkovich, Cedar, Tim Cedar, that is, former kicker, uh, Joel Schmange, uh, Brian Sexton joined us, Josh Scobie, Jack Del Rio on Tuesday, Mike Sims-Walker Wednesday, Montel Owens yesterday, and we're going to finish it off in style with a fan. And favorite, and one of the best to ever play the linebacker position in Jaguars history. Say hello to Paul Puzlozny. What's happening, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, thanks doing for, good, uh, we're doing awesome. Brett Morton, Austin Lane here. Thanks for taking the time. I know you uh, like to stay private, and you're not big on these interviews, but we appreciate you jumping on with us for a few minutes. Hey, anything for you guys. You know that. <laughs> well, maybe for Austin Lane. I mean, let's, I'm going to get right to it, okay? we The whole month, I've been tallying how many people Austin got in fights with in practice. <laughs> so that's really – I've been keeping a scoreboard. And I, I was thinking – I, he would no way he would mess with you. But For sure, yeah, yeah definitely no not. Way. I, no. I didn't even think to ask that. <laughs> but I, I've got to the uh, – my conclusion is – that him and Evan Britton went at it like every day in practice. So what I need from you is if you ever saw that, who won? <laughs> oh, Austin every time. I appreciate you know? it. Yeah. <laughs> there it is, man. You know I'm going with my defensive guy. You know, the thing about him, uh, I mean, uh, Austin's obviously high motor, very competitive. That's why I love playing with him um, so much because you know that – Every down, you were going to get maximum effort all out. And, um, I mean, it showed. It showed in the way he played and the way he practiced. Puzz, you know, it's interesting, man, because – 
people think of you as this intense individual, and make no doubt about it, you were an intense guy. Um, but I found it kind of funny, like off the field, like even in the locker room before a game, like you're never the guy to really crank the music up, or you didn't. Even, I don't think you even had headphones uh, back when we were teammates or anything like that. Like, how, how did you approach the game? Because as soon as you crossed those white lines, it seemed like a you know there's like a switch that clicked, and all of a sudden it was game time. And like when you looked at your eyes, man, you were ready to go. I think always, I mean, you know how it was, leading up to it, leading up practices and games, there was, there, to me, that there was so much of the mental aspect of the game that, for me, my mind needed to be clear and calm in order to be able to um, think about everything that we're about to do, understand exactly what I need to, to communicate to everybody, being at the Mike Linebacker spot, and then, but then once the ball snapped, then it, then it's then it's game on, and you can you can use all that all that built up energy, you know, and 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 have fun playing the game of football the way it was supposed to be played. So, to me, it was just there was there was an enormous amount of mental preparation where I knew I needed to be in control, emotionally in control. And then when you go out on Sunday, you can you can let it rip and have fun. Former Jaguars linebacker Paul Puzlesny with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin along with former Jag and Puz teammate Austin Lane. Hey, man, how hard is it to play that middle linebacker spot uh, with all the, the quarterbacking of the defense, the mental side you just talked about? Uh, the casual listener, the casual viewer of football, how difficult is that position? I mean, to, to me, that was one. That was why uh, playing middle linebacker was such a great challenge because there was so much mentally that you needed to think about and make quick decisions and and understand what was happening around you, and then being able to communicate that to your teammates so that collectively the entire defense would would be in sync and, and working together. So um, looking back on it, that challenge was so much fun. That was, that was one of the, the greatest things about playing football. But for for a lot of guys, that's um. That's obviously getting accustomed to that, and understanding all that it, all that it takes to play middle linebacker is, is is a big challenge because it's it's no longer you just go to, you go get to run and hit people. Um, that's obviously an enormous part of the job, but being able to uh, think clearly, communicate, and and help those around you is an enormous part as well. Do you go to bed at night or wake up in the morning with like a call in your head? still that like just kind of comes out or or you go back to or you, you you use the lingo i mean does it ever just pop back into your mind i i still have dreams where i, I see the field through my face mask and i'm communicating to, to telvin smith or talking to one of the d linemen and and thinking about the things that we used to say i mean it's it becomes it becomes such a huge part of you where you know you get it, it's so ingrained because you do it so much and you do it over and over again that uh yeah it's it's definitely it's a part of you forever did you have a favorite call that you were like man call this again come on todd wash send this in again <laughs> that was that you know it's fine that, that was a long list because then you, you think about certain calls and and uh what guys would be happy with that and what guys wouldn't and what the dbs would like and what the d-line would like so yeah that would be a long list and I will say this too, uh, especially on the defensive line. I mean, you know, there could be some miscommunications all the time. And whenever we turn back, you know, to pause for the call again, I mean, and it's like he said, like he, he would say it with such a calm demeanor, like, hey, it's okay. We'll get the call and it's all good. But then all of a sudden the ball snapped and, you know, this, this analyst gets unleashed and he's making a play in the backfield for three yards. So, um, it's definitely a, it's definitely a, a trait that you don't see a lot in the NFL because you think of these middle linebackers just being these, you know, just jacked up kind of dudes, always intense. But yes, you have to pick your spots. 
to be intense. So, Paul's was definitely that. Uh, Paul, I wanted to ask you, though. So, I mean, you're, you're the prototypical middle linebacker. I mean, that's what everybody imagines you as. But let's not forget, you also were asked to play the strong side linebacker towards the later part of your career. And, um, I mean, I, I know you're the team player, the team first kind of guy, but really, how uh, how was that transition to you? And, and did it kind of deal a blow to your ego a little bit to have to go from the middle linebacker spot to that strong side spot? That was that was um, when we went through that. That was probably one of the biggest challenges of my career. Just like you said, I I um, I related so much to you know my whole football identity was tied up to being the middle linebacker. I was the person that was in, in charge of the defense. I was always in the middle. Um, that that is what that that position you know was what I became as a football player. Um, and then to have that taken away for that period of time, that was challenging because not only was I learning new techniques um, and new job responsibilities playing trying to play on the outside but um, you also had a loss of control you know it was no it was no longer my huddle um, it was no longer my job to, to communicate with all with all the teammates um, so that was that was challenging that was challenging because it, so much of, of me playing football professionally was tied up with I'm the middle linebacker and, and all the and all the job responsibilities of that were mine Former Jaguars linebacker Paul Puzlesby with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 as we continue to celebrate 25 seasons of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, man, could you still play right now? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. Um, I'm a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm 20 pounds lighter than I need to be. So if I if I had a chance to bulk up a little bit, maybe. But uh, <laughs> um, no, it's a that's one of those things where you, you know where the game is finally. You say, okay, it's it, it's not for me anymore. Unfortunately, that was the case. Are you at peace with that now? Because my guess is you have to struggle with that for the first few months, maybe even the first year. But now that it's been a little time, uh, are you at peace with the fact that your your football career is over? Because you're a guy to me that would have trouble getting away from it. Yeah, I, I guess I am. It's don't get me wrong. I, I think about it every day, and I, and I miss the game every day. Um, I just a lot because because of missing the chance of being around guys like Austin, you know, and our other teammates, and being in the in the team environment and working towards a, a collective common goal with a group of guys. Um, that's what I miss the most. So that you know, moving away from that has been has been very challenging. I, I think about. I mean, I think about the Jags all the time. Um, but but you're right. I, I know that it, it, it's my time, and um, it, it's you know the transition has been challenging, but it's also it's been a good process as well. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you what you're doing now, life after football, because uh, I think there's a lot going on or a lot on the table potentially for Paul Puzlesny. But let me just stay on the retirement for one more second. In in s- simple terms, why did you retire when you did? Simply because I felt like I was no longer able to play at, at the level that that I knew that I wanted to play at and um and I didn't let I, I didn't I didn't feel right about going back out onto the field for 16 games knowing that um that I was going to be a step slow or I was going to miss a play or, or physically I wasn't there uh to me that was just uh, I couldn't accept that I guess I, I couldn't accept that I'd rather I'd rather step away knowing that um, the last time I, I played ball, I, I gave it everything that I had. I could play at my highest level, and um, and I ended like that. I just I didn't want to slowly deteriorate in front of in front of everybody, in front of my teammates, coaches, the fans. I, I wanted to avoid that. Puzz, so uh, I've been sharing stories basically this whole month of the teammates that I played with, and like one thing that really 
Stick, this stick, is when guys usually hang me. up. Punch. <laughs> so the one thing that really <laughs> sticks out to me, whether whether it's it's in the locker room or it's on the field, just you know stories that I remember, things that stick out to me. And obviously, I have a lot about you, but actually, the biggest thing um, and the biggest story that that I always go to that sticks out to me was actually we we weren't even teammates anymore. Um, this would have occurred, I believe, in 2014. And what had happened was I was at the World Gym uh, and and I saw the Jaguar strength coach. His name we call Milo. Um, you know, Tom mm-hmm. still is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he's there, and um, you know I, I was I was out of the league. I was still trying to get on a team, and me and Milo would talk back and forth every week, and I'd just be like, "Hey, how are the guys doing?" And he told me that Puzz tore his pec. You know, he had to have surgery on it. Now I'm not sure if you're aware, Brent, but a but a pec a pectoral surgery is a serious deal. Okay? I was it's on a, the sideline when he tore it. Okay. I heard it. Yeah, so you know yeah. what I'm talking about. So <laughs> it's a it's a serious deal. I remember talking with Milo like, "Man, you know that that recovery is gonna it's gonna be sucky, and it's gonna take a while for him to come back, and you know we probably won't see him." for a while i kid you not brent the very next week after pause just had surgery who was in the world gym with one arm on the bench press bench pressing with one arm and, and it was pause and what, what i want to ask you there man is just where does that work ethic come from because yeah we talk about the field and and how you prepared for the game but people never got to see just how hard you worked in the off season how hard you worked in the weight room does that come from your upbringing your support system where does that come from I mean, I think originally it was probably instilled by my dad. Um, you know, he, the the importance of perseverance and, and a strong work work ethic was obviously he he uh, taught that to me, my brothers, and my sisters at, at an early age. And so I'm very thankful to have him in my life because he's had an enormous influence uh, on that. And then you just, I think going through going through college and early in the NFL, you're just able to see. Um, the, the results of that for, for any individual, you're able to see that, all right, if I, if I know that I dedicate myself completely to this, to this goal and I work at it and I have a great plan, then, then you start to see the results. Um, so that was, I just knew, especially at, at that point, you know, I just gotten, I gotten hurt, uh, you know, missed the vast majority of, of the year. I think I ended up missing eight or nine games that season and I wanted to come back and, and be able to prove to, you know, my teammates and management and the fans that, that, um, I was going to come back better than ever. So to have that as kind of a, a you know, a des- your burning desire to be able to, to, um, show people that you still, how much you love the game and how much you're dedicated to it and when you'll do anything it takes to be your ap- absolute best, that was, all, that was, uh, plenty of motivation. Former Jag Paul Puzlesny with us, uh, here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right. Your daughter and I don't, don't remember how old she is right now, so I think she can talk. Uh, but and your wife, do they call you Puzz or Paul? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, you know, so so few people. Well, Puzz was. It, it seems like it was. It was uh, associated so much with football. Um, so no, obviously nobody at the house. You know, my four-year-old call, calls me dad, yeah. and the two-year-old calls me dada. Um, you know, and then my wife just calls me Paul. So that, that's why it's always when someone calls me Puzz, it always it makes me think of football. So I, I, I love it. I, I love it every time I hear it. That's awesome. So four and two, uh, two daughters, two little girls. Yeah, yeah. and I, my hands full. I, I, you know, that always fascinates me. Uh, we used to do a segment on TV on CBS forty seven and Fox thirty called Jags Dads, and especially you are like. Austin said, I mean, you, you're the ultimate football player, right? You, you feel like that middle linebacker, throwback guy. And then you have two little girls. Tell us about the dad part of life uh, away from football. Oh, and and they, they break me down, too. They, they, <laughs> I, I, am, I am so soft around that. They had, they had me wrapped up. There's, there's no doubt about that. As it happened, 
uh, having children and having girls, it's, it, uh, it, it changed my life. You know, I have our first daughter, uh, one was, it was right at, right before the 2015 season. Um, she was born in July in the 2015 season. So it was just, um, I mean, it, it changes things and it made, it made me concentrate on, on football so, so much because I knew when I was at work, I was fully dedicated to work and I was doing, and then I was at that point, then I'm just, you say, well, I'm doing it for my, for my little girl. And then you get home and you get to see them and they, they run to the door and give you a big hug. It's the best part of your day. So it's, um, it's been an enormous blessing having children. That's pretty cool. Uh, what are you doing now? I, I've heard all sorts of things. I've run into you at the stadium. I know you were, you were bending the Jags ears, uh, from the business department and, and maybe going back and getting more schooling. I know you, I think you have your pilot's license and flying planes. What are you doing? Are you staying in Jacksonville? Uh, what's the life after football like for Paul Puzlesny? I mean, we would absolutely, we, if we could stay in Jacksonville permanently, that would be, that would be great for us because we, we absolutely love it here. My wife loves it here. Uh, my girls love it here. Um, and then, uh, you know, I want to stay involved with the Jaguars. Is, I, I told them as much as they want me to, as much as they want me around, I, I'd love to be around. And then um, actually I start graduate school in, in, uh, in late August. I'm going to a MBA program at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. Um, but it's a, it's a great hybrid program that we can still live in Jacksonville while I, while I attend school. So that's, um, I'm looking forward to that because that'll be, that'll be a, a great challenge coming up. Are you flying planes? Yes, I mean just just recreationally. So that that's just that was just a fun hobby that I picked up, you know, early in my career in Jack, and, and something that um you know that that I love to do. It's just it's it's challenging. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and something I really enjoy doing. The story behind it here is we all know that Miles Jack followed. Paul Puzlesny around everywhere uh, first couple of years of his career, even to the point he might have followed you to the airport and tried to pick up his pilot's <laughs> license, too. Isn't that true? I mean, when he when he said, yeah, well, I'd love to start flying, I was like, wow, that's that, that's great. So I know I know that he's into it as well. Um, I think he's well on his way to getting his private pilot's license. So, um, I mean, uh, it's just it's, it's such a fun hobby. I mean, I'm glad I was able to have a little bit of an influence on him and, and get him involved in something that he enjoys. Yeah, a little bit of an influence. By the way, he's making candles now too. I don't see you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about that. I, I, I need to ask him about that because it's uh, it's a very unique uh, opportunity when someone says making candles. I, I don't. I mean, how you go about that? I'm not sure. I have to ask Miles. <laughs> hey, he told us, uh, you know, he wants to stay at that middle linebacker position. How good can he be in that spot as he continues to grow? And did did you think he got better at it a year ago when you did watch him play? Oh no, no doubt about it. And he can. I mean, the potential for him is is limitless. He can be the best in the league because his his athletic ability and how he's able to play and how and his his natural instincts. Um, I mean, just the sky is truly the limit for him. When I, I know when I when I first watched him there, especially the last couple of years, everybody knows Bobby Wagner, yep. the, the middle linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. Outstanding player. Bobby is an outstanding player. Miles can be just like him because of how explosive he is, how fast he is. He can cover anybody. He covers so much ground. Um, it's, so that's why it's going to be exciting to continue to watch him to progress and grow because Miles can be the best in the league. Buzz, I got a quick, uh, I got a couple questions for you, a couple quick hitters here. Um, you got to talk about the Peyton Manning interception for a touchdown. Now, I wasn't on the team at the time, but I remember watching it live. Uh, is it probably your greatest football play of all time? How tired were you, especially in Denver? And um, can you just kind of <laughs> take us through that a little bit with that pick six? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, one, yeah, probably the, probably one of the, the greatest plays in my career. And like you said, uh, you know, we were we were in, in cover two. Ball starts coming my way, and I'm thinking, I can't believe Peyton just threw that because it's, it's Peyton Manning. You know, so he doesn't he doesn't make he doesn't make mistakes. Um, but yeah, was, was able to pick it off and, and take it back. And like you said, I just remember I was I, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I, was, I was so tired. I remember seeing it. Yeah, running running at that altitude. I, when I got to the end zone, it was almost like, oh, thank God, thank God I'm here because because I need a breather. Uh, the, the also a little tidbit I have to bring up because I have you on the show, man, and uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but I think it was going in to the 2000 and maybe 12 or 13, I think it's 2012 season. Um, you know, after you had your big season here in Jacksonville, they ended up putting a giant painting of you in the entrance. And, and when I say painting, it's not like some kind of poster. This was like an oil acrylic kind of painting that, that, you know, that stood tall and proud in the lobby when you walk into the stadium. My question to you is, what happened to that painting, and is it in your house right now? Because I would put it on my mantle um, off the get-go for sure. No, I. <laughs> number one, we both thought I was completely embarrassing that that was that was up because <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't see it every it. day as I walk into the facilities. Yeah, you know, so I'll, I'll be walking into facilities with my teammates or you know or, or something. We walk right by and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I, how? <laughs> it's just on the wall. Yeah. But no, I that was that was I, I couldn't bring that home. I don't think my wife wouldn't let me bring it in the door. I don't think she <laughs> she wouldn't she wouldn't let me hang up something like that. Puzz, I've actually tried to put a portrait of myself in the TV radio station here, and they take it down. <laughs> Mostly by me, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, but, but that does speak to something bigger. How much does it mean to you in your whole career of all the accolades and all the big plays, the Peyton Manning pick, the, the, that, you know, when you left, people said, what would Puzz do? That's what we should be asking. There was a Puzz standard in the linebacker room. Austin Lane talks about you all the time here on our radio show. I mean, it seems like you left an impact on so many different players, so many different coaches. What does that mean to you? I mean, that that, that means the world to me because you realize at the end of the day that, you know, being able to, to help your teammates and, and have a positive impact on the guys, that's the most important thing. Um so that, you know, hopefully, I was able to to accomplish that a, a little bit because uh, that's what's most important. You know, that's what's most. It's not how many tackles or interceptions or anything like that. It's going to be. Did you have a positive impact on the people around you? Were you able to help the people around you get better? Um, and if you're able to accomplish that, then then you've done a good thing. Do you now appreciate how much the fans? Uh, appreciated you too because I know when you're going through that and you're kind of a humble guy and and you're not really into all that stuff but now that you've been out of it and you see people around Jacksonville in the grocery store or wherever else I'm sure they still come up to you when when we asked people who we would love to uh, get on the program uh, you were probably our top vote getter uh, to get Paul Puzlesny on the show uh, do you now do you appreciate that not to say you didn't appreciate it before but do you appreciate how much you connected with the fans here in Jacksonville and probably in Buffalo too I mean, it makes you realize how special I, I think Jacksonville really is and, and the people and, the, and the, the fans that support the Jaguars because I've had the opportunity to talk to, to a lot of people. And, and just like you said, all, all over, you know, whether it's a gym, grocery store, gas station, doesn't matter. People will always come up and say, you know, thank you for everything. You know, thank you for playing. Thank you for everything. And I tell them, I tell them the same thing. I said it was, it was an absolute honor to play here, absolute honor. The people were, have, been, have been so great so supportive 
um, regardless of the, of, the, of of the record or the situation or anything like that, um, the fans here have been have been truly great. So playing here was it was an honor and a pleasure. Uh, you know, a large because of a large a large part because of that. Yeah, you think 2017, you think about Paul Puzlesny and, and getting that win and getting a chance to go to the postseason. I'm going to ask you about that in a second, but I'd be bad at my job if I didn't ask you about this. We all remember in the last couple of years your relationship with Telvin Smith. How surprised are you that Telvin is not playing this year? Uh, are you concerned at all? How's he doing? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Telvin's situation here in 2019? I think just like everybody else, caught me off guard because you, the thing about Telvin, I, I know that – he loves the game so much, and he's such a great person, such a great teammate. Um, but it's all—he's he, a man of strong convictions, and he knows that if it's not right for him to play right now, then then, it, then it's truly not right. So, I mean, just you know, moving forward, just completely supportive of him and his and his decisions because nobody loves the game of football more than Telvin. Nobody loves being a, a great teammate, you know, more than Telvin. But for for whatever reason. Um, I know that now is not the right time to to play, and uh, and I know that it, it, he will get back out on the field, no doubt about it, and he'll be better than ever. I mean, I know it's going to be a challenge this year because he's such a such an important part of the team, an important part of the defense, and I'm sure they're going to they're obviously going to miss him. But when Telvin gets back out there, I, he's going to be he's going to be better than ever. Buzz, you don't need to put 20 pounds on to play the weak side spot. <laughs> <laughs> if I was as fast as Kelvin, I could do it, but, <laughs> All right. but that's not the case. I'm going to end with this. The the stat of your career was, I don't think it was ever on an, uh, eight, an eight team, but maybe definitely a winning team. And then 2017, how much, I was a long wait, but all the losing seasons, all the battles and the tough times of being in the NFL, uh, even though you were doing really well in, in your position, how much fun, uh, even in somewhat of a reduced role, was 2017 to experience that, to experience what went on in Jacksonville in that locker room down at those headquarters? It was it was unbelievable. Greatest experience of my NFL career, being a, being a part of that team. Just like you said, and even... And I wasn't. I didn't play as as, as much as I as I used to, but that, at that point, that didn't matter. It was it was being a part of that team, and being around those guys and those coaches and that winning environment, and seeing this entire community of Northeast Florida come together to support the Jaguars. That was um, such a a unbelievable, powerful experience to see to see how how important football can be in, in such a positive manner and how many people it can, it can brighten their lives and brighten their day. But so to win and go to the playoffs, it, it made the, the 10 years of, of losing and, and continually fighting and struggling and not and always coming up short, it made it all worth it. Yeah. Be able to experience that one year with the Jacks. Yeah, it was pretty awesome for everybody here in Jacksonville. <laughs> hey, we all felt that <laughs> that kind of same ride mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the wins and losses uh, throughout the years. You know, Austin's been trying to make a lot of bets in the show today. If he made a bet that you would coach or not coach at some level in in your in the rest of your life, should he say yes, he will or no, he won't? <laughs> oh, yes, he will. Yes, I mean, I think I love the game too much not not to do it. It's at some point and at some level, you know, because it. I love to be able to help out and and, um, and teach younger kids how to play ball and how to play ball safely and but it's still aggressively. So, yeah, at some point, I think I would love to to get back involved and and help out where I could. Hey, man, Paul Puzlosny, former Jaguars linebacker, one of the best, and uh, I know so many appreciate you here in Jacksonville. We really appreciate you taking a few minutes today and spending some time with us. 
Thanks for having me on, guys. Great talking with you. All right. Good yeah. to hear from you, man. Have a good rest of the summer. Enjoy the family. Thank you. Take care. All right. Paul Puzlosny, former Jags linebacker right. on a lot of different things, uh, including Telvin Smith. You just heard him mm-hmm. said he will play football again. Uh, yeah. and this is a guy that's very close, obviously, with Telvin Smith. Uh, that relationship got real special mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. But, Man, I mean, that it'll was, come much better, right? You, you know what? And... As I reflect on my career, and then one day I'll tell you know my son all the stories of me playing and everything like that, and we can have those good memories. Um, the one that's really going to stick out to me are some of the guys that I played with. And we're talking about guys that I played with. I bring up Aaron Campman. Um, I bring up Calvin Johnson. But the guy that sticks out to me the most uh, is Puss because of just the way that he approached the game, um, the type of leader he was. Like, listen, th- there was a reason why I went to his retirement ceremony. Okay, I mean, this is a guy that I probably honestly hadn't talked to since I saw him at World Gym maybe four years ago, but I was in town. I, I bought a house here. I heard he's retiring. He's having a ceremony. I'm like, I, I got to be there because he's he was my captain. You know, he he was the guy that, and I put this in quotes, but you'd go to battle for. You know what I'm saying? He was just, he had that type of leadership. Um, he had that type of aura around you. And, and you know, and I'm going to say this, man. Um, I selfishly want him to coach, um, whether it's, you know, Pop Warner or high school, just so I can ha- have my son be coached by him. Because I, I know, and, and this comes from the bottom of my heart, whether he wants to be a pilot, whether he wants to go, you know, in business, whatever Puzz chooses to do with his career, uh, you know, after football, um, if he, if he puts half the effort, that he put into those teams that he played on to the work ethic that he brought every single day, he's going to be successful no matter what he does. Yeah, he's only down. got one mode, man, and that's the way yeah. he operates. Uh, yeah. it, it is a really cool thing. I, I think there was a section of the fan base and some of the fans, especially where we're seeing a lot of plays and tight ends and, and you know, maybe Puzz was getting a little slower or older and or just didn't fit that part of this scheme very well with, with down-the-field plays and in those coverages that, that started to get a little uh, with with Puzlozny. But Take that. I mean, that is, he is one of the all timers mm-hmm. in terms of pros. I've very few athletes that you can come across that is universally respected. Mm-hmm. Coaches, players, and you can feel it from my position. Yeah. I mean, there's probably guys. Like, I probably couldn't feel it from an Aaron Campman way, even though he probably was. Yeah. But Pazlozny being around him and watching guys around him mm-hmm. and watching coaches talk about him and people in that building talk mm-hmm. about him i'm talking about salespeople and ticket people about yeah. paul Pozlesny. i mean it's to me it's got to be the ultimate honor as yeah. a player or even as a worker forget about if you play in sports mm-hmm. right yeah to be that well respected yeah and like i said i mean it's just it's some kind of aura about him brent like he wasn't necessarily the most vocal guy and it's like i talked about on the field like if we had a question and we're in panic mode he 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 would relay the play call but he would do it calmly, so he would put you at ease. So all of a sudden, well, if Puzz is calm, then I'm going to be calm, and I'm going to play better. But then when that ball was snapped, like I said, a, a switch would just go off, and it, it was just this animal. So um, the, the the guy had the gift to play middle linebacker, yeah. you know. And I don't throwback, think, man. Yeah, and they're not going to make him like that really anymore. Nah, I feel they're like, a throwback. Uh, come uh, from a different cloth. You know, what's cool is he got beat up a bunch of times. He talk, torn pack and some other things, and I, I think he even had injury when he retired uh, that he would probably had to have surgery on if he were to come back. Uh, at that time, but I think the good thing at playing that position, I think he's he's in good health overall. Yeah, as he leaves well, the game, playing a long time, and that's that's yeah. beautiful to see. And I told the story. Listen, I mean, when I saw him in the World Gym, and I, I, I didn't really get into this whole story, but like he literally he had like a 
like the bar, right? But he was holding it with one hand, and he was bench pressing with his good pec. And the other pec was obviously like he was using a sling. And this is literally a week after surgery. Brent, I had surgery after a week in my shoulder. I was laying in bed watching cartoons. Like, I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> and, and here you have a guy who has a more serious injury, a pec injury, and he's in World Gym the next week lifting already. Yeah. It's just... Hey, like I said, cut from a different kind of cloth. What would Puzz do? Here's what, would what Puzz, Puzz do? wouldn't do. Yeah. It's probably go on vacation for the next two weeks. <laughs> so I'm out. Uh, yeah. We're going to take next week off. We're going to go to national program next week, 3 to 6, uh, Will Kane show. Mm-hmm. So you can tune into that, of course, with the holidays. And then the week following, I'll be gone, but Stuart Weber will sit oh, in this yeah. chair with you, Austin Lane, yep. and Coos will be here. So It'll that's kind of the programming for the next couple of weeks. And then when, we, when I come back, it's uh, all about football season. It's here, man. Yes, sir. I wish we could get Puzz in like every Every week, know, every yeah. month, but he won't. He probably won't do. It. He does not like to, to be in front of the microphones, be in front of the cameras, be well, in front of the spotlight. Forget it. Let's just hire him as a producer then. Take Kuz's job. <laughs> it'll, it'll be the most intense producer of all time. Just kidding, Kuz. We love you, man. He'll uh, be nice and calm in your ear, though. Hey, yeah, did, exactly. you, did you have to get anything in on stay in your lane? Uh, you know what? Just real quick, uh, Brent. You talked about the UFC fights with heavyweights. They're kind of out of shape. Well, check out the one this Saturday. UFC three on ESPN for sure. Get a better name, but it's going to be Junior Dos Santos <laughs> versus Francis Ngannou. Nagano's an absolute beast. You've talked about Junior, him a lot. Junior Dos Santos has the best boxing as a heavyweight. Um, and it's going to be a really great matchup. So check that one out All for right. sure. We'll do it. Uh, have a happy fourth, everybody. And uh, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. But uh, for Austin Lane and Coos and Marcel Robinson, thanks to Paul Pazlesny for jumping on with us as well. I uh, hope you have a good uh, next week. And, hey, thanks for making this fun. Six months in the books, by yeah. the way, here on ESPN 690. And we're getting a football season next. I appreciate it, man. And thanks for letting me wear the tank top today. I appreciate that, too. <laughs> yes. I think Sun's you should have You should have worn a V-neck. No, nah, we're good, man. Tank top's all good. <laughs> V-neck or tank top? <laughs> I don't know. But I'll see you on TV in a suit in a little bit on Fox 30 and CBS 47. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.